What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, it is episode 57. 57. Oh, my goodness. We're getting old, man. Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting old. really old. But yeah, but we still got the latest news for you. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, did we beat Did we beat? We're old, but the news is new. Yeah, it's all I right. I mean, it's you okay. know, you know. Oh, you we're didn't s- hear that put down. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But our host this week, we got the mouth. What's we got up? sound man. Woo. We got Lil Cam over here. Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> and we got the one and only J-Lo Fantastic, myself. Oh, man. It Is she even good to near the back. mic? Yes. She's, she's near it. She just flipped me off. It's fine. Oh, it's okay. fine. <laughs> oh, man. But so we, things are back to normal. Things are back to normal. So anyway, um, we got to send a special shout out and a special thank you to our sponsor over at East Beach Specialties. And here's a little bit of what they offer. For the last 18 years, East Beach Specialties has helped businesses, schools, churches, and clubs on and near the Mississippi Gulf Coast promote events, deploy effective marketing strategies, bring unique products to life, fill events with fun, and create unique giveaways. They offer products such as custom t-shirts, apparel like hats, polos, sportswear, and loungewear. They also offer corporate gifts and employee incentives, bags and accessories, social responsible products, and of course, promotional products. Visit eastbeachspecialties.com for your product because having fun is serious business. All right, now it is time for some industry news, man. We got a lot to talk so about. So much. And it's funny. We started off the week going, man, not much happening. And uh, then, yeah, boom. but now we do. Yeah. And of course, our guest this week, who do we have coming on? Deanna Bermudez. Yes. Oh my gosh. From from across the pond. Yep. Man, she's going to be in Rambo uh, Last Blood, Last the Blood newest Rambo. And yesterday. And yesterday. Oh, so we're man. like super stoked about yeah. it. That's so. a crazy idea for a I, movie. Yeah, there. it is. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, did she meet Sloan? Did she not meet right, uh, Sloan? Right, what's going I mean, on? We want to know, right? Exactly. Like, so... We're going to ask her all kinds of stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, did maybe, you know, are things booming there with Netflix yeah. now? We don't know. Exactly. You know, they, they so it's exactly. going to be a fun interview. Yes, though. cannot wait to talk to her. Of course, we have This Day in History, Word of the Day, Box Office Predictions, and just everything, man. We discuss everything entertainment related. Everything. Exactly. But- I guess the the biggest news right now we oh. want to start off and it's kind of sad, yeah. Uh, especially for like anybody who grew up in the '90s and even the current generation now yeah. with Riverdale. You know, yeah. um, if you guys didn't hear, which I don't know how you guys wouldn't have heard, but uh, Luke Perry, mm-hmm. um, who played Dylan on 90210 and uh, Daddy and uh, uh, Archie, teenage uh, heartthrob <laughs> there, um, huge on Riverdale, yeah. uh, passed away from a massive stroke on Monday. Yeah, um, that. 52 yeah way too young crazy, man. man. way too young and um, a stroke on top of it because a lot of yeah. people you can yeah have a pretty decent survival rate on stroke that. but then no. having this massive one it, it must have killed enough brain tissue to... yeah yeah they, they apparently they sedated him um medical coma whatever you want to call it yeah hoping that the brain would start to recover or maybe yeah. have some but after a couple of days they uh, apparently happened on sunday saturday mm. or sunday yeah um but you know, made the decision that there was no activity and it was not going to recover, yeah. and so passed mm. away on Monday. Um, Crazy man. Yeah, this is. Are they going to do an autopsy? Do we know? I I don't I don't just... know what his his directive is yeah. or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, fifty two and in relatively good shape. So yeah, it's really scary. I wonder if, they, if I think on. it might be medically necessary for them to do it because yeah. of him passing yeah. and at his age. Yeah, exactly. and you know. 
it, it, it's unfortunate because you know he's seen thanks to Riverdale and a couple of other you know Hallmark movie that he had done and um some stuff he had seen a nice resurgence yeah. in, in the career yeah um and was really booming right yeah, now seriously um, him and Molly Ringwald popped up on Riverdale yeah and like yeah. that's like every eighties and nineties kids like dream dream exactly Luke Perry, um, Molly Ringwald. and so yeah kind of he was filming all week prior to the stroke. Yeah. Um, so, and they, we can say that they've shut down production the past couple of days. So I'm guessing, you know, that writers are scrambling to try to figure out what they're going to do with, um, you know, his character. Yeah. Um, but just a lot of love and support from his previous castmates and his now castmates. Like, mm. but the real question is, how are they going to proceed with his character in Riverdale? Yeah. It's going to be, I I say you have to kill him off. Yeah. I mean, I just out of respect. Yeah. I think you don't, and then you can have the characters kind of mourn on camera. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Give him a nice little send off. Real emotion. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he's so iconic. You know, you don't want to recast. Exactly. I mean, I think if it was anybody else, okay, maybe, but to, to take such an iconic actor and recast him especially when the role right. has been so popular i think exactly. that's like a slap in the face agreed and so i feel like they have to kill him off so yeah. i don't know how they're gonna do that but um and then we should mention that the if you guys saw we talked about this last week the 90210 reboot yeah um while he wasn't announced on that apparently he was involved uh, according to uh gabrielle carteris mm-hmm. um he did commit. He said he couldn't be able to do the show fully like they were going yeah. to because of his schedule with yeah. Riverdale. But he did say he would like to do guest appearances That'd on at cool. least five yeah. or six of the episodes with as much time as he could put towards yeah. it. So, I mean, that's a kind of a blow for that. Yeah. And um, so, and we should say that he was also in Quentin Tarantino's latest film that's going to come out, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, So, I, and I'm guessing that will be the last time that we see him on screen. Because right. I think I want to say that comes out after R- Riverdale season ends. Yeah. And um, so that, that'll that probably be the mm. last hurrah as far as yeah. on screen goes. Goodness gracious, so, man. But condolences to the family and all the castmates and friends. Um, Elvin. Uh, Sanders, uh, pop, yeah, you know, he was a guest. Yeah. And, uh, he took it like everybody else pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, from everything we understand, he was just like the nicest guy yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, yeah. and not a bad word to be said mm-hmm. about him. Even people who didn't meet him, but yeah. knew him through other people said they hear stories about. Yeah. So just a genuine guy. And, you know, it's a loss for Hollywood for sure. It really is. We do have some breaking news. Breaking news. What well, is this it, is breaking man? news of, of, of t- today. Alex Trebek has announced that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. Um, he's released a video on YouTube saying, I'm going to fight this. And he's uh, even at the low survival rate of the disease. Wow. Does it say anything if he's still going to proceed with Jeopardy or anything? Um, I could see him stepping back, though. I would. I mean, th- seriously. Th- now, this this pancreatic cancer, man, it takes you quick. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Swayze. That's what Patrick Swayze died yeah. from. And it, I mean, it's a quick progression. If, you, if hopefully, I mean, stage four is pretty, I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah. But hopefully they caught it and, you know, that we, we know. Well, somebody. no, like, he, this is, I mean, it's stage four. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We know somebody, though, that was diagnosed yeah. with stage four and, and yeah. has fought it off. Yeah. And is doing okay and is recovering. Yeah. So. Um, best with man, I can't even yeah, imagine a seriously. world without Jeopardy. Yeah, we watch Jeopardy think, all the time. Man. I mean, we love I mean, Alex. We so. love Alex Trebek. Ooh, sorry. I mean, I love I, I, dude. I can't even. He's like, always like subtly dogging them. It's so funny. I mean, basically from like nineteen to now, my yeah. my entire adult life, Alex Trebek has been has there for been Jeopardy. There. Like, yeah. uh, man, this is 
Oh. I've been I've been hearing that they actually been kind of looking for somebody, but it's been unconfirmed. So yeah. I haven't said anything about it. But unconfirmedly, he was looking for his successor so he can step well, down. Well, unless from the it's show. Will Ferrell as Alex, Alex Trebek, Trebek, I'm just not going to be okay with it. Right. I just want a speedy recovery, man. Yeah. yeah Best seriously. wishes, Alex. Yeah. Um, and we'll stay on top of that. Uh, great job, Sound Man. Yeah. You're the breaking there, news because if it's happening, we're, we're here. talking about exactly. it. Exactly. We're, we're talking about it. Well. I mean, we couldn't do this show and talk about Hollywood without bringing up some controversy. I mean, you know. No you know, way. One of the hottest topics that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, R. Kelly. That's right. Oh, gosh. We Dave. like to call this segment Douchebag of the Week. Douche. El Douche Nozzle. Oh, my gosh. But the singer-songwriter gave his first interview since posting bail in Chicago following his arrest on 10 counts of sexual abuse and aggravated assault oh my goodness uh it was conducted by gail king and man she just kept her composure even though this dude went hysterical yeah he lost his shit he he stood up pounding his chest and he looked like like, his publicist had to come and calm him down yeah like the makeup people had to come and reapply makeup and yeah it was it was scary it was but gail just looked forward yeah, like, you know, and just totally didn't look him in the eye. Yeah, and seriously, calmed uh, calmed him down. Yeah, and, but yeah, she was like Robert. Sit down, <laughs> yeah, Robert. Yeah. Now everybody knows what the R stands for. Right, like, um, uh, but yeah, he basically just went off saying, "How are you doing to this to me? Why are you doing this? Yeah. I gave you thirty years of my life, and you guys are tearing me up. And yeah. I'm not Satan, and all these bitches yeah, are lying. And exactly. I'm like, what? He, he was like, on? it's more than music. It's about my kids. Well, if you cared about your kids, you wouldn't have." Not paid one hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars in back child support. Child support. Which of he was supposed to pay Wednesday morning by ten a.m. He did not. Mm-hmm. He missed that payment, so he was rearrested, and as of right now, is currently still sitting in jail. Yeah, and uh, I think he's going to be there a while. I mean, he couldn't come up with the hundred thousand dollars yeah. for bail with the other charges. How's he going to come up with one hundred and sixty-eight thousand for this? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And you said the. Child support case is um, the thirteenth, and you said the sexual abuse case is the twenty second, right? Yeah, he um they they said when he was arrested today that he would have to reappear in court for these uh child support payments on the thirteenth, March thirteenth, and then March twenty second back in court for I guess his next hearing for the um sexual assault cases. Yeah. So man, that it's really crazy. It's really crazy. And I can't wait to see that full interview with Gail. That shit was ugh. Just the clips were insane. I don't know how he denies it though. He's literally no. sitting there denying everything. I'm like, bro, there are tapes, tapes. with you in it. Tapes. Like they're they're like although he thinks that he can get away with it because when he got acquitted before, yeah. they couldn't, for whatever reason, and prove God, that the it prosec- was him. Yeah, the yeah. prosecutors must have. I don't even know what they were doing, right. but they apparently couldn't prove it was him in the tape. Yeah. Now we understand that there's at least three tapes. Yeah. I'm betting they can prove it's him this yeah. time. Agreed. I'm just uh, so. Oh my goodness! So uh, I mean, we uh, shall uh, see what's gonna happen. I I just put it out there that him and Jussie could do an album together in jail. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna need some money for the defense. I'm just <laughs> like saying. In the Chicago yeah, County. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Right. they both cried in their interviews. Yeah. They both got a little upset. Yeah. I mean, there's all but kinds we said of duet possibilities week, there. We said last week that maybe he's trying to look for a deal. Yeah, maybe. maybe he's still doing a not guilty because if he pleads right now outright guilty, he'll be sentenced. Yeah, if he pleads not guilty, he could be working a deal trying with the DA. Is like, do you want this to drag out for forever? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think anybody likes 
and let's call it what it is, child rapist. Yeah. Nobody, no, he's not going to have... He likes young teenagers, Young apparently. teenagers. I mean, the one way back when he got acquitted was 13. Yeah. The, the At least three of these accusers, from what I understand, were under 17. Yeah. A couple of them, I guess, 14 yeah. um, at the time. So yeah. I, I don't think you're going to find a prosecutor or a judge willing to give him a deal, no matter what he says. Yeah. Um, and I would not want to be him in prison. No. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Even even convicts don't yeah, like child seriously. rapists. I mean, oh no, yeah. he's going to be uh, p- protective custody the whole time. You think so? Yeah, Will we're going to have to pay extra money. <laughs> he's going to be um, automatically as soon as he goes back there in PC yeah. clothing. Goodness gracious, man. Well, we will keep you up to date. Like we said, that this is at the time of this recording. So if something else breaks, we will let you know. Definitely. 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 Now, this, we have felt some of this same controversy. We have. Uh, will Smith, he is going to play the father of Serena and Venus Williams in a movie, and there's some controversy over that because a lot of people are saying he is too light-skinned to play their dark-skinned father. Yeah. Well, uh, the internet, the internet, why is it such a hard place to live in? Well, I think the first person that kind of came out and made a comment was uh, Clarence Hill Jr. He's a sports writer, if you guys aren't familiar with him, and he kind of came out on social media and said that colorism matters and that he loves Will Smith, but there are other black actors for this particular role. And then everybody just unloaded and fouled in suit and like and exactly J Lo, you know, brought it up. We've had this same thing because we brought up uh, um, Amanda Steinberg possibly playing Riri in the MCU, yeah. and we got hammered that yeah. she's not black enough. How dare we say she should be cast? Yeah, and all. This is ridiculous. To yeah, me. seriously. This is absolutely. <laughs> I mean, who, I who, joked about who it. Who can say you're not black enough? That's what exactly. I'm saying. Who, who, who up in the right? hood in Philadelphia? Exactly. I bet he would beg to differ. He's not black enough exactly. to play a black man. I mean, and and how do you define black? Exactly. Like, like I mean, I, I don't understand. What What do you mean not black enough? Exactly. Like, I would totally get it if they had cast a white man or an Asian man exactly. to play Serena and Venus's dad. But that's not But how they it went cast down. a black man. Exactly. Uh, how is it a colorism or even an issue? It's no it's idea. like Yeah. Now it's, you're not black enough. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. Like I was saying off air like if their father was from Africa or this whole situation took place in Africa, I felt like that would have been different, but this man's from Louisiana. Yeah. So, I mean, I just I don't know. Yeah. It, it's mind-boggling to me though because I think you're one you're stereotyping yeah. a race yeah like if somehow if you're light-skinned you're not black enough right what is that I, I, I don't even I don't even understand that exactly uh, or or like in a mandalus case I mean the hate you give mm-hmm that movie was pretty hardcore yeah, about the what black was. people go through yeah. are they gonna say the movie sucked because she wasn't black enough wasn't to black actually enough. go through something like yeah. that like, Goodness oh, well, gracious. Amanda would never be pulled over in yeah. real life because she ain't black enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, And this seriously? opens the door for even more controversy later down the line well, of other movies. Racism. It's like, oh, no, you have to be blacker to play that role. When, yeah. when you say someone's not black enough, is that or is that not another form of racism? I feel like it is. I, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're judging somebody based on the color of their skin. Exactly. <laughs> what, what degree of darkness the color of their exactly. skin is. That's insane to exactly. me. Exactly. And like, playing devil's advocate, playing both sides, their point of view is they feel like Hollywood is trying to make black people on screen the most white as possible which is really weird to me as light skin as possible to pass as white 
that was... Has anybody watched Fresh Prince? (laughs) There's a whole diversity going on there. Exactly. They're all different colors. Um, How many times have we put Samuel L. Jackson in a movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, oh no! We 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 were we whenever we we were always trying to make him whiter. No, yeah. we were trying to put him in every exactly. But you know what? Bringing up Fresh Prince, that this kind of goes even back to then mm-hmm. when they recast Aunt Viv. Mm-hmm. She was a lighter skinned black woman, and they took a people lot of heat mad for about that. that. Yeah, yeah, people took a lot of heat. Like that's not Vivian. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, so it it's gone back way before this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I guess just one of those things. But yeah. Goodness gracious, man. We, we'll follow along with this. I'm pretty sure. Look, poor Will. Yeah. You ain't blue enough for the genie. Right. You ain't black enough for Venus's right. daddy. Damn. I mean, like, what, what, yeah. what's Will going to do? Exactly. Like, I, mean, I even saw people attacking him about this, uh, not even for the race situation, but before Suicide Squad 2. They were like, oh, what the hell? So this is why he can't do Suicide Squad 2? Right. And then I was like, well, he's got this new Facebook thing coming out. He's yeah. got Gemini Man coming out. He's a busy guy. Like, chill. And, well, and Bright, too. Getting ready to go too. in production. Exactly. So, I mean, Not yeah, to mention, a- he has his own YouTube channel that he does, like, oh, all the time. So I just, I mean, to, to, to kind of wrap this up, I, I just, I wish people would stop focusing so much on race. Exactly. And just focus on talent. Exactly. Michael B. Jordan said it best. He stopped reading for black roles. Exactly. He just went in and started reading for roles. If the audition cost, called for a white man, he went in and auditioned. Exactly. And, and I'm right there with, I think... Man, woman, black, white, Asian, whatever. It should just go to the best person. Agreed. And several directors as high up as, as Steven Spielberg and, mm-hmm. and, and down and stuff have said they've even recast a character that was once a male into a female yeah. role or vice versa because the better actor was that person. Yeah. That's I, I just really think that's how it should be. Yeah. You know, and, and if Will is the best actor for that particular role, he should get it no matter how dark or light his skin is. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, you mentioned Steven Spielberg, Dustin. I did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> A current governor... Of the Academy's director's branch. Oh, man, he's gunning after Netflix. He's gunning after Netflix. Yeah, seriously. He's trying to get all the main huge directors to make sure that Netflix doesn't qualify for the Oscars anymore. Yeah, and he's literally at the upcoming meeting for the Academy. They hold these annual meetings. He's literally trying to pull enough people together to convince the Academy to change the eligibility rules to not allow Netflix to compete for Oscars. Yeah. Um, like what the hell is that? So then it'd be okay to say then Hulu and Disney Plus and everybody else who is a streaming source and released the movie on a streaming can source can not can should not also exactly. be allowed to apply. Exactly, but he does think that it's okay for them to apply for the Emmys, though. Right, like, because that's... he just somehow thinks that since it's automatically going to be on Netflix, that it's a TV movie. Yeah. but I mean. That's ridiculous. They're out there using the same cameras, Mm -hmm. the same equipment, the same crews, the same above the line, below the line people. They're making feature films. Dude, freaking, they got some of the most cinematic, like, productions on their queue. I mean, so... For him to say that somehow they're made for TV movies, that's just, that's not true. These guys aren't picking up studio cams from CBS and going to shoot in a movie. They're they're using the same high-end shit that feature films are shot on because they're shooting feature films. Exactly. Like, I mean, freaking, we're talking about the Motley Crue biopic and we talked about the Bonnie and Clyde Sheriff one 
that the highwaymen, those both look super freaking cinematic. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Kevin Costner's a filmmaker. Yeah. You can't tell me that he signed on board to make a film that isn't a film. Exactly. Kevin didn't sign on to do a made well, for even TV D- movie. Del Toro. Del Toro, exactly. And freaking they won Best Director this year, so get out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Now, Christopher Nolan... Yep. has kind of come out in support of Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He said that he's long been a proponent of it also and um says that it's a tremendously exciting time to be putting films into cinema mm-hmm. and that it's time for the directors themselves to create stories and work with the movie theaters to ensure that moviegoers will come to the theaters and get out of their house. Yeah. Um so I mean that's a little bit different of a spin from Spielberg guessing putting the yeah. onus on directors say you got to step up the game because right. people are not wanting to come to the theater. Yeah. Um but still in the vein of Spielberg saying it's better to be at the theater or whatever. Right. Um but apparently academy members are not fond of this idea. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are like their statements that they've been making are A lot of people are, like Netflix. Yeah, and they and they're like times are changing. Yeah. You got to get on board, Steve, cuz this is the way it's going and if you're not willing to make a movie for this, exactly. you're not going to make a movie. Exactly. So, and if I, they want if they want theater support, they should sit there and back more initiatives to make the theater experience better. Mm-hmm. Um we had the the company you hate now, Movie Pass, yep. trying to offer something to make it easier to go to the theater. Yeah. yeah. We've had several other things trying to come up. We've been yelling at theaters for years to stop with all these exorbitant fees. Yeah. I understand they got to pay for your butt in the seat. I get that. But they need to stop charging theaters so much to play your movie. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who had a great argument for that. And if you follow me on social media or if you follow Crazy Ant, you probably saw it retweeted. Uh, Patrick J. Adams. Mm. He said, look, I get this whole everybody doesn't want to do Netflix. But he said the fact of the matter is, is that people are watching Netflix and not going to the theaters yeah. because the theaters are the problem. He said, I go there and I have to mortgage my house, first of all, to buy tickets for me to go see the right. movie. Then I have to wait in line on sticky floors while people go to buy concessions where machines don't work and and the food tastes like shit. Then I finally get into the theater and I have to wait 35 minutes through commercials because these are now commercials before we even get to the trailer. And then we see a couple trailers before the movie even starts. And then I have to deal with the fact that half the time the movie stops or doesn't work and they have to restart it. He said, if you want people to come to the movies, you got to fix all that shit. That's the problem with why people don't want to go to the movies. All they fixed so far is now you have assigned seats and you have now Lazy Boys. Yeah. Right. That's Required, it. All they did yeah. was bring a Lazy Boy couch in there and go, okay, here you go. Here's a button to make your seat exactly. go up but and here's he, the relax. He brings up a good point, though. No, it's I don't 100% know if anybody, it's a great point. You know, goes to, like, like the last time you brought more than one person to the movie. Yeah. But if you have a family, it's like expensive. just you, your wife, and your two kids, That's uh, 40 it costs, bucks. Oh, yeah, well over 100 by the time you bring in the food, yeah, the concessions and exactly. stuff. I mean, to go see a movie and fucking London or something, 50 bucks yeah, for a ticket. Yeah. So you bring a family of four, it's $200. You haven't even bought snacks. Like, and I mean, I think what is the highest here is like 20 something dollars yeah, in New York and LA. Something like but that, even yeah. still, you're looking at what, 80 bucks just for the tickets and then you got to do concessions and stuff. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't care how nice the lazy boy is. No, it's not that. worth it. No. So that's why Steve and them, I mean, I get... Like, Remember like, matinee night, like where you have one day a week? That used to be five bucks. Yeah. Now it's six and seven dollars exactly. before any uh, fees if you want 3D. Right. And you're still walking in, and then you walk in, and it's like, oh, there's one person working concessions. Yeah. Right. So that line is as long as your movie yeah. start. Well, and, and the reason I brought that up, though, is because I think that. Th- 
I'm not saying that Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan and a few others that are on their side are wrong. Yeah. There yeah. are certain movies, event movies. Yeah. Look, we just came back before we started recording the show and bought our tickets for Captain Marvel. Yeah. Okay. There are certain movies you want to y'all. see in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> um, event movies, as I call them. Yeah. You know? But there's nothing wrong also with saying that you want to, you would rather stay home exactly. and, and watch a movie. Exactly. I really do feel like you have to have a reason to go. Agreed. And somehow, some way, I think the exhibitors and these directors mm-hmm. and Netflix, all of them, they need to figure out a way that seems to make it fair. Agreed. Maybe release it in the theater, but on the same day, right. also release it online. Yeah. Um, or you know, on the streaming service, so that people can choose to see it. Right. I'm betting if you released Captain Marvel and all these event movies in the theater, and then on the same day on Netflix yeah. or wherever, the people would still go see it in the theater yeah, first, honestly. And then if it's so good, I would be this geek. I would go <laughs> see it in the theater and then rush right home and watch it again watch on Netflix. It again. Like <laughs> you know, I, awesome. I would do it. Because there's there's always going to be those movies I feel like people want to see in the theater. Yeah, so exactly. But until they all start to get together and work on it, I just, yeah, I mean. Agreed. Well, I mean, Chris, you were talking about matinees. Freaking, if you, like you said, there's barely anybody working in there. And sometimes you're lucky if the movie even starts. Like, it, sometimes it won't because I feel like people just don't care enough during daytime Oh, no, movies. I've many times, like, went to a 3D movie and they didn't focus right. Yeah. And it, you lost the experience. Okay, now I I, pay, I just paid for the high-priced movie ticket. Yeah. I paid for this whatever concession, which is, like, 20 bucks. You can get you a drink mm-hmm. and a large uh, popcorn. Yeah. Which isn't at all insane, worth anywhere bro. near $20. It's and then you go sit down and you got the glasses on. And you got the 3D effect, yeah. But you can you see right through it yeah. too easily because the focus lines have not been set. Mm. You have to constantly reset them because one bump on the projector, yeah, you're screwed. You're off, yeah. And I, I'm looking at Avatar. Avatar gave me a headache. Oh shit! I liked the movie. The 3D effect to give yeah, me a headache. Bet, it was blur. All the effects were yeah. here, and there were like the little jellyfish floating yeah. around, and like. I'm looking at the jellyfish. I'm like, like, what? What the hell is that? Right. I can't see it. I need glasses well, on. I can't tell you how many times like I literally had to get up out of the theater and go find somebody and be like, hey, the movie's not started. Right. What the hell? Right. So it, it's ridiculous. So well, I, like you said, they usually they need... have one guy who's setting all the movies yeah. and he's bouncing back and forth up on top of the booths. Yeah. And, I, and I, that feels bad because that's putting a lot of work on one kid on who's one getting person. paid. But, is like, here's seven dollars an hour. But yeah. now though, there's really no excuse because now it's digital. Exactly. It, uh, all the projectors are. Di- He's not loading platters and 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 you know stringing the film through anymore. He's literally just pushing a button. Yeah. And so for them not to start on yeah. time now is bullshit. Yeah. After uh, Spielberg came out over all this stuff, after the news came out that he was going to approach the Academy about this, Netflix took to Twitter. And uh, they say they they love cinema. They continue with the list of things that they provide access for people who can't afford, like to go to the theaters or live in towns without theaters, and letting people see the same like cinematic movie. So I mean, yeah, why is he? Why why they gotta be such haters? Well, which again, Patrick J. Adams brought up, and we just talked about extensively. Price, exactly. Not everybody can afford to pay eighty exactly. bucks every time they want to go see a movie, but, but they, they can't can afford. afford 13 exactly. <laughs> yeah, nice. You know, in, in unison, they can't yeah. afford the $13 exactly. for Netflix. So, right. you know, that's monthly. It's yeah. not $80 exactly. for one weekend at the theater. I mean, exactly. it makes sense. It just makes sense. To wrap up, 
Oh, Scorsese, yeah. who's old school filmmaker. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy's like yeah. the, the, it. He's made no bones about that. He he went to Netflix. He's making Irishman, and he said he plans yeah. on winning an Oscar. Yeah, De Niro and the boys <laughs> are going to win an Oscar. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's made no bone about it. That's awesome. So there you go. I can't That's wait for an, that one. Yeah, and this is an old school. I went to film school. Yeah, I'm film an old school director. Yeah. I still shoot on film. Exactly. I still do. He's like, yeah, I'll do it on Netflix. Yeah. So yeah, that's fine. Come on, Steve. Exactly. I mean, just you know. Con, con, uh, Jay will buy you a sandwich. Yeah, it's fine. We'll go to yeah, McAllister's. Yeah, we'll go to McAllister's. We'll talk about it. Exactly. You know, we'll pay for lunch. It's yeah, okay. It's good. Uh, it's we're good. only going to ask about the fridge one time. Only one time. It's fine. <laughs> Have a nice little debate. Anyway, I, I think to wrap, to conclude, just m- move to the future, Steve. It, yeah. It's time, buddy. It's oh, time. Yeah. Bright light. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Now, this is an interesting one. The Sandlot, it's coming back, guys. It's coming back for a TV reboot from the cat of the original film, the first film, I don't really think about the Sandlot too. To be honest with you, that one was in like the seventies, and eh, I like the first. There one was a Sandlot too. Yeah, it was. Like, it was, it was. It's not I worth, didn't know there was a Sandlot yeah, too. It's wow. not. It's not worth your time. Trust mm-hmm. me. Oh, good. But yeah, I mean, this should be pretty interesting. They're like 33, 33 years old in this one, and it's uh, supposed to be set in the nineties or the eighties. 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 So I'm already a fan. Set yeah, in the eighties. There you go. I mean, there you I'll go. Be, you know, uh, and apparently, it's the first two seasons have already been sold. Damn, to an undisclosed. They're keeping this under lids, but a streamer, Netflix. you know, Netflix, mm. Amazon, somebody got it. Uh, my money would be. Yeah, I love um, that undisclosed, um, undisclosed to a streamer. streamer. I mean, um, they need content, so uh, this is exciting though because the entire original cast is back. Yeah, you Whoa. know, and that's going to be cool. That's See them all cool. grown up with their own kids and everything. This is what I thought was interesting though. This is separate from another Sandlot property that's in development still with same guy same creator yeah he's doing the tv reboot but he's also still moving forward with a prequel really? to the sandlot and that's set up at um 20th century fox which will soon be disney interesting but um so yeah he's i guess that it's going to be two completely separate projects yeah. one set in the 80s and then a prequel to the 60s yeah. uh film so that you know gonna yeah. get a lot of sandlot pretty soon it, it yeah. would appear interesting so. i'm surprised they're bringing this uh project back like from the dead basically uh, well, I, th- I think you touched on it. I mean, I think people a lot it. of people loved it. Yeah. It's nostalgic, you know? Yeah. Everybody loves that. I mean, there's so many iconic scenes in yeah. that film. You Killing know? me, Smalls. Yeah, I mean, mm. yeah. It, it's... Yeah. yeah, the yeah. big bambino. Yeah, <laughs> just so many. There are, and I think you know, if done well, I just want to throw this out there too because we've talked about throw this it. in the past. But I, I think also this would be the type premise that if you were going to touch it. And you shouldn't, mm-hmm. but if you were going to, The Breakfast Club, uh, where they all come back and mm, it's their kids, yeah. they're all grown adults and they have kids, and this is where we pick up and see the context. This idea that they keep putting out there that they want to reboot it with like uh, new young kids, I'm like, no, fuck no, I, no, I no, don't no. even think they should do that. They should just yeah. leave I it said alone. If, yeah, just leave it alone. If, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they should leave it alone. Yeah, but, like, if but if they were They're to. insistent upon... That's, doing that's it, the only way you would that be okay would be, with that it. would be the only way i'd be okay with yeah. it yeah because uh, i just feel like you just should a, never yeah even a touch full that reboot baby. would be awful no like people no. would be so shitty there, there might be riots like honestly i mean like look they almost did to with uh dirty dancing yeah they, that was supposed yeah. to be a reboot yeah and that shit those fans went so batshit crazy yeah. and then fuck it we'll just call it a uh, dirty dancing havana and it'll be in cuba yeah i mean they, yeah. they like changed the whole premise exactly. of the movie because yeah. the fans went shit crazy yeah. like fuck no 
you're not remaking that movie. Patrick like, Swayze is in it for like 10 minutes. Yeah, so like, I mean, <laughs> there were people protesting everywhere, holding people up over their arms. Yeah. Like, you know, that big yeah. just Such like, hate no. crimes, man. Hate crimes. You don't put <laughs> Dirty Dancing in the corner. You That's don't right. you put, don't put Dirty... Baby in the corner or anybody else apparently in hate crimes. You're right. Good uh, yeah. transition. Yeah. You want me? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is a real transition. J-Lo set up the spike. I didn't realize. Sorry, I didn't scroll down. Law and Order. We've talked about this. Dick Wolf is just rolling along right now. He's got the sequel coming out for FBI. You know, all of his Chicago things got picked back up. SVU's getting picked back up. Well, we talked about this. He's supposed to be having a spinoff of Law and Order SVU called Hate Crimes. Now, this one's been in development for a while. Yeah. The original idea was to backdoor the pilot as an episode in SVU this coming season. Yeah. But they've decided now that that's not going to happen. Mm. They're not going to backdoor the pilot as an episode in SVU. Yeah. But they are still moving forward with the development, and it is still going to be a 13-episode straight-to-series order. Yeah. Um, this guy's loaded, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the only thing now is, is it going to be in this coming TV season, which it was supposed yeah. to be, so now, now that it's been yeah. delayed... From my understanding, the reason it's been delayed is that they're still putting out offers for cast yep. and that they haven't locked down a cast yep. yet. Makes um, sense. I'm thinking if if they reached out to you, you should say yes because not every single Law and Order show has like they made an, a huge run. Yeah. Even the ones that got no. canceled early were like what four years. Oh, forget L. A. because I know. LA yeah, was I was about like, to say. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, right there talking about it. Los Angeles was like what two years? I think like that. It, it was. It, it, but still. It's a good bet that yeah. you're going to be on the air at least five, six, seven years. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. I think you say, yes, I'll you know, do it. You know who I think would be good in a new Law & Order? Who? James Chen, Sam Medina, James Dumont. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any of them. Any of them. Any of them. Um, That's not self-promotion at no, all. No. no. Go listen to those interviews, guys. They were fantastic. <laughs> fantastic yes. interviews. And... and so, so many of them have been on multiple episodes. That's what I'm saying. Of, Jeffrey Cantor, yeah, he's Jeffrey been on all of them. All of them. The only guy yeah. that has been on. He's got to show them. up on Hate Crimes, right? Uh, he should. Exactly. Right. You know who should front Hate Crimes? You know who they should offer it to? Who? Amy Rutberg. Oprah. Oh. Uh, or oh, uh, Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> that would be. That would be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dev- Hate Crimes. The color purple. <laughs> the color purple. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting. Uh, too soon. But, too soon. But she just there? had a, a great guest appearance on SV. You, yeah, and she's also made appearances on the regular Law and Order stuff. Yeah, and I think any of them that are based in New York, actors that are based in New York, yeah. would be the prime people to be on Agreed. that show. So, congr- I guess congrats to Dick Wolf because he's just you know him and Berlanti are going to be in the ring soon. Honestly, there's not enough TV space for both of them. Seriously, I mean, oh my gosh, can we? Speaking have of Berlanti, of, right? Speaking of him, no, no, okay, no, now no Daniel my time. Spike. Oh. All right, okay, it's all right. Oh, <laughs> Rock Hudson biopic set at Universal. Pictures, oh man, Richard, I can't even do that one. La Gravenise. La Gravenise. That's right. To abduct Mark Griffin's book, All All That Heaven Allows. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Um, Greg Berlanti is going to direct and produce it. Yeah. Um, So this is exciting. Rock Hudson, classic Hollywood film star. And for In the Closet, many, 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 many years. I mean, he was the heartthrob back in the day. Doris Day and Rock Hudson and all these like Hollywood legend females, you know, were all like swooning. Everybody wanted to be in a movie with Rock Hudson. Yeah. You know. Swung the other way for a long time. Uh, Yeah. Came out and then 
Uh, he was doing a stint on Dynasty, uh, the original Dynasty, not yeah. the CW. <laughs> yeah, <hold laughs> the original Dynasty, when it was found out that he had AIDS, mm. um, yeah. and died pretty soon after that. Yeah. Um, and apparently, this movie is going to address that period in his life, like yeah. leading up to and, and the whole thing with uh, with that. Interesting. But um, listen. Berlanti's just rolling. We know he's like dominating television Honestly, like everywhere. Yeah. But Love Simon was mm-hmm. a fantastic film. It was. And ended up being a huge hit at the box office. Um, this guy, he's got skills, man. Yeah. And and I, I feel like if he continues to pick the right projects, which I think this one is, yeah, he's gonna have a huge career as a film director as well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Agreed. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I mean, seriously. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. So Yeah. Kudos to uh, Berlant. Okay, I got you. And you know what else I'm excited about? Freaking the DC Universe changing up their whole film plan. They're planning to just release individual films to get these characters established. And then later on bring them together for the group films. So they finally listened to all the fans that's been yelling at them for 15 they finally got a little crazy, tuned into the podcast, and heard our ideas. We want that 10%. Write that out, too. Crazy yeah, right, Ant Media. Right. Um, well, I, I'm not going to say just a podcast, but so many people were yelling about this issue. And exactly. so many top celebrities well, and the top people were like, stop interfering. Just write the Well, it happened so it. fast, man. Yeah. Like, we were talking about it the other day. What? It was one Superman. Yep. And then Batman versus Superman. And then Justice. And then just. And yeah, Justice League. Yeah. Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman before. Wonder Justice Woman was League? after Justice League. Damn. Then, yeah, they yeah. introduced Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman. That's yeah. right. So, I mean, look, it took Marvel ten exactly. years. They were rushing you know, the process. DC man. went and saw the money they made on Avengers. They yeah. saw right. that money, money, they that big it. billion but, dollars. They but, were like, we have characters equal to that. Listen, we could we just slam them in this. there. Jello and I were talking about this off air. They had Iron Man, mm-hmm. Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. Captain America First Avenger. The first Thor. The first Thor before the Avengers. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And then and you also had Black Widow and Hawkeye. Who right. Hawkeye was, was in Thor and mm-hmm. Black Widow was in Iron Man 2. So they were also exactly. established prior to the Avengers. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, you had the Hulk movie, but it wasn't old oh boy, but you know. You know. yeah, yeah, but it was still that whole. It well, was I mean, still that. Yeah, whole. they were yeah. still like they um, wanted to keep Edward Norton, but then that didn't. Yeah, really and Edward work, Norton so well, pick Ruffalo, so I mean that, that yeah, all worked out pretty well. Yeah, it yeah. worked out. Um, That's cool. But my point is, they established their characters mm-hmm. over a series of films before they just threw them it into took a group. A while. Film. Exactly, and it, that that was a while. I mean, Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Hulk, Thor, and uh, Captain America. That was like a four five year period before yeah. Avengers hit. Like yeah. you know. You you can't just boom 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 and exactly. expect it to. So they I built like, the cult following. Yes. And then. Yeah. Well, and we talked about this. The reason it worked for Marvel, and I feel it didn't work for DC, is because over the four or five year span that Marvel did it before the first Avengers, you were attached to the characters. Yeah. You you when it got to Avengers, you were connected to these characters Either in a way one or yeah. Yeah, that you cared about exactly. what happened to them. I feel like when you run and gun in DC, you didn't give a shit exactly. about them because you didn't know enough about no. them and to care. They also made everybody way too dark and broody. Agreed. There was some dark and brooding in Marvel, but there was some lightheartedness. There was some yeah. good there's some sunny moments. There are these great Things going on like Rich. in Thor exactly. was was hilarious. Exactly. Which Josh Whedon learned from Superman, mm-hmm. which Patty Jenkins used in Wonder Woman. Yep. And now that, in fact, that's DC's quote, Warner Brothers quote. Now he said 
what they learned from Wonder Woman yeah. is what, and then Aquaman is what they've moved forward with, yeah. and they realize that this is the approach to take. Yeah. So thank you, Patty Jenkins, for fixing the DC uh, movie. Now, do because- we have any word about? Because I heard that Jared Leto Joker movie was canned. Yeah. So do we have any word if? The Joaquin Phoenix one is going to be in this universe, separate universe, mm. separate universe, because yeah. even in a different time too. Yeah, it's, yeah. Is it? Um, but it's still, like the eighties or seventies in his. Uh, yeah, like I want to say yeah because uh, Gordon is young and and Bruce is yeah, yeah. It's still, but it's still Warner Brothers, right? Yes. It's, okay. Oh, of yeah. course, it's going to be Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess they're going to go with these different. They're not all connected in a in a universe, if you will. Yeah. Um. Although he did say that who you've seen will still be in the same universe. Yeah. So like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, you know, those type characters they're still going to build around. I'm yeah. guessing they're redoing Flash again yeah. um, to Goodness still fit gracious. into that group. Yeah. But Batman is no longer part of that group. Mm. They're moving forward with the solo Batman movie and it's going to be a younger Batman. Yeah. And so he's not in that. Yeah, they're getting rid of um, um, Ben Affleck. They've right? also yeah. said that Superman is going to be shelved and they're focusing on Supergirl. Mm. So now whether Supergirl falls into that Aquaman, Flash, Wonder Woman right. you know, universe, yeah. we don't know yet. Be interesting. Um, and- Shazam! does yeah. fall into that universe. Yeah. Uh, he is a part of that. So he might make reference to, well, I know, we know he makes reference to Batman and Superman. Yeah. But um, he, I mean, whether he makes reference to Aquaman or Wonder Woman, right. we don't know, but he is in that universe. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. Yeah. I'm excited about Shazam though. It looks really good. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. Yeah. The new trailer dropped and yeah. I mean, yeah. And I mean, you know, I threw out a pick for uh, the younger Batman, Luke Golden, who's also been on our show. Luke Golden, I think he would be an awesome Batman. Younger, he's like ripped Calvin Klein model. Like it'd be good. <laughs> he, he would definitely be. <laughs> he's a ripped Calvin Klein model. I mean, he's Have used you been to wearing underwear. His... Oh I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> Batman <laughs> runs around in tights, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, Luke's got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like done. Been yeah, there. I it's mean, fine. Just... it's fine. You know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Have y'all been getting Calvin Klein in here and uh, like uh, looking uh, at the? Uh, he's modeling? been sending us free Calvin Klein shit. It's fine. Nice. Uh, okay. No. Insert joke here. Yeah. Parentheses. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Luke just called his agent. What? The we, yeah, like, uh, uh, <laughs> 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 let's stick in with uh, Warner Media. They got a new top content guy, Bob Greenblatt, former NBC Entertainment Chairman. This guy is gonna oversee HBO, TNT, True TV, and he's planning on overseeing the company's streaming service as well. Yeah, and we talked about this on last week's show. HBO's guy and TNT's guy leaving after thirty plus years. Yeah. Well, Greenblatt was over at NBC for around the same tenure. Long time. He's the one taking over for these guys. Yeah. Um. This is interesting. Yeah. I mean, this, hmm. with all this, the hmm. changes happening in all the different companies, I I see why people want to. I mean, change of venue. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's opportunity here to see who's going to do what. And, exactly. Um, I mean, so it, it, hmm. I know mm. we, we shall see what happens. I mean, especially with the streaming service, man. Since Excuse every uh, since everything's that? about the streaming service. Are you well, okay, old man? I, I am. Um, no, and you brought up streaming service, and let me find this real quick because we didn't have this in industry news, but I thought it was interesting because we just talked about the Avengers. Um, that this is kind of an interesting story. Even Marvel, which I guess falls under Disney, yeah, you know, um, 
it, it, it's so it makes sense. But Marvel announced that they've uh, chosen Shane uh, Rahamani. I hope I'm saving, saying that right as their new media senior VP. Mm. Media see, so this guy's going to be overseeing all of their social media yeah. stuff, the digital content, yeah. the new streaming stuff. So he's going to be in charge of putting out the the. Um, Social content awareness of yeah. it, yeah, like so, the promos on social um, media yeah. and shit. And so I mean, that just shows where these people are going. Yeah, like social media is important, huge, right so now. much so that Marvel just hired somebody to run yeah. their exactly. media content. Well, I mean, how I'm often? I'm kind of surprised we... they didn't already. Yeah, honestly, well, this kind of seems like a little slow. It, to but the, apparently, uh... they want to get even better. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, how often do we get guests on our podcast through social media? Exactly, it's I a mean, great it's, tool. It. Look, the difference from where we were a year and a half ago to where we are now, all due to social media. Seriously. Like, honestly, I mean, you're right. It's a huge tool if used properly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And speaking of Disney, right? Disney. Uh, <laughs> um, old Bob. Old Bobby boy. Old Bob. Uh, Disney announced that they cut uh, Bob Iger's salary, which yep. was set to begin soon. Um, down. They they trimmed it down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the changes eliminated an annual base salary uh, uh increase of half a million dollars. So he's not going to get that anymore. Um, instead, keeping his salary at three million a year. They also cut out eight million dollars in an annual target bonus that he could have gotten. The move leaves intact a potential twelve million dollar bonus though that he still might get. So okay, long term. It says that it was lowered by five million a year, twenty to twenty million a year overall. So, but here's the, here's the, the the crazy thing: he doesn't care because yeah. he's got a chunk of stock that was awarded to him mm-hmm. that's currently valued at thirty five dollars and thirty five or thirty five point three five million. <laughs> Only thirty five dollars. Yeah, thirty five dollars, right? Thirty five point <laughs> three five million dollars. Okay, but. Here's the kicker. After the deal closes with Fox, which we've all heard could be this week. Yeah. I mean, it's rumored to be as early yeah. as this week. That stock price jumps to $149.6 million yeah. in worth. Quadruples, so, like, yeah, he's not almost. too worried about it. And then his contract kicks in for performance-based stuff after the merger. Damn. So all of that was done in, in yeah. I guess, connection with, okay, we're about to close this deal. Yeah, he's not so, worried about it. No, it because... I guess they anticipated the deal being closed before this. Yeah. So all these like now bonuses, they were just defunct because it didn't happen when right. it was supposed to happen. Right. So they're just getting rid of that shit and yep. then they're going to move forward. So uh. either way, he's like one of the highest paid CEOs. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. I mean, he's not too I'm worried ga- about well, it. Well, I'm really exactly. guessing is this maybe this is for the uh, debt that Fox is holding right now and help to um, acquisition or get rid of that debt off the bat by having it like, oh, we're going to cut this, this, and this across the board. Well, he's I, just like he has the biggest cut because he's making the most money. Mm-hmm. Potentially, mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're going to incur a little bit of debt and then even more debt when they start the streaming service. But um, I, I think he's going to be. I mean, you remember that other CEO for Disney who, who yeah, took that stock deal yeah. as the golden parachute? He's having a pretty good time right yeah, now. So exactly. I'm, I feel like Iger's okay. Yeah, he's like, no, I'll take that stock. Like it's oh, fine. It's okay. It's fine. I know what we're doing. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Exactly. Exactly. Well, other people who know what they're doing, uh, streaming artists, switching it over to music a little bit. Yeah. Streaming artists, streaming overall brought in 7.4 billion. That's that's with a B billion dollars last year that's up 11.9 percent from last year and those are paid music subscriptions so like apple music and that jumped 
from 35.3 million to 50.2 million subscribers. And vinyl sales have also gone up, but CD sales have gone down, which I'm not surprised about. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, I could always see that because yeah. vinyl still has that retro-ness to it. A yeah. lot of people like to still collect vinyl records. CDs don't get that much in a collection. No. And if you've walked into Walmart yeah. or in the Best Buy, you notice that it used to be, what, two aisles? Something like that. And then yeah. it went down the one aisle. Now it's about it's, eight foot to four foot yeah, it's it's really most. small compared to what it used to be. Well, like, and I, yeah, I think the streaming has just taken over CDs. It has. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, the the whole retro, eclectic, kind of, you know, old school feel mm-hmm. of vinyl, you're not going to get exactly. rid of that with digital, but exactly. you can easily get rid of the, you know. Yeah. So, mm. and, and it's the, the secureness of the medium. It's mm-hmm. easier to stream, and it will always be right there as long as you have a good internet connection, or if you have a streaming source that lets you download and put it on your phone or your laptop or your right. piece of medium. Yeah. And with a CD, um, a bump, it skips a track. Oh, mm-hmm. a little scratch. It's now skipping right. the whole thing. It's oh, it's doing now. this and this. So it's so physical medium has been going away a long time right. ago. On this medium. is good news, though, for me to see because, you know, even just... Welcome to good news. Yes. Uh, Welcome to good news. <laughs> I know. Uh, I don't know. That's just what it reminded me of. Go no, ahead. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined the whole vibe. No. <laughs> what? I got to um, hear about this. What I was going to say, though, is, you know, not even like a decade ago, you remember Napster and all these things. Everybody was worried that this would never happen. Yeah. You wouldn't see profits because everybody yeah. would be sharing and stealing. Exactly. And nobody. So to see these kind of numbers and see, hey, no, mm-hmm. no, people are paying for music exactly. and they're paying high money. Yeah. Billions of dollars. Exactly. That's good because, I, like I said, you know, a decade ago, people were worried this might not even work because yeah. everybody was going to be stealing music. Seriously. So, yeah, I, I think this, the Apple Music, though, and Spotify helped clear that problem up. Agreed. When it was just, okay, you can download these songs. Yeah. Then that, but now that you have a service where you can just stream them as often as you want, yeah. whatever you want, I think that helped a lot. A so lot. It's, good to, it's good to see that it, you know, is doing what it's doing. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we got some sad news. We just wanted to bring it up. A huge cult following The Prodigy, a British rock band, the lead singer Keith Flint, they found him dead, I believe, it's either Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And he was 49 years old, and it's to believe to be a suicide. And it's just crazy, man, because this is a dark industry. Even as much fun as it can be, it's a dark we, industry. We are talking about suicide like every month, it seems like, mm-hmm. in this industry. Somebody's taking their life. Yeah. I mean, okay, uh, not take the life. Luke Perry, 52. This guy, 49. Yeah. But um, it is. It, it's it's a rough industry. I mean, I, I, I think I just saw... Um, who Amanda Bynes rechecked herself back in the rehab. The, you know, the yeah. rehab again. Um, that's a shame. She was doing well there for like was. a few years. She was, but apparently, you know, depression, man, it, yeah. I guess, it, you know, it's running rampant in this industry. Seriously. But we talk about this and we, and we'll bring this up with, um, our guest today, uh, mm-hmm. Deanna. Um, it's this industry, be it in music or in acting or whatever, even, you know, uh, um, behind the camera, director and stuff, yeah. this entire industry is built on rejection. Mm-hmm. And the, the amount of times you get told yes compared to the amount of times you get told no or criticized. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I can yeah. see where depression could creep in pretty quick if you're not able yeah. to handle that type of a yeah. rejection. Re- rejection and pressure. And pressure yeah. once you do make it. Exactly. That's an excellent point. When, yeah, was, you, when you do start getting the yeses, the pressure just starts it, to mount. Yeah. I mean, so. And then, um, like y'all are saying, social media is a tool. Here's the dark side of social media. Side, yep. it's, it, it creates such a dark place for an artist who 
maybe unsure about something or right. other in their life. But social media is not the only to blame because if you look back, there's plenty of suicide all over music yep. that these are artists putting their heart and soul out there yep. and they make it big and taking their life. You have Kurt Cobain who took his life. Yeah. It was an incredible he was an I incredible s- person but Courtney so did it. That's right. Courtney did it. Blame Courtney for that. That bitch uh, did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, but it's not the exactly. only situation. Well, yeah, like you have right, uh, great artists like you have in um, Chris Cornell. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Lincoln uh, Park's lead uh, lead uh, singer. Uh, I am blanking on his I'm name. Blanking right. on well, and, and again, not just music. You're talking about Robin Williams. You're talking about like all these people recently in yeah. all the venues of this industry that have been taking their lives. But I feel like too with not just social media, but just with the way that the publicity machine works in this industry. Yeah. I feel like if you come out right out of the gate and you have a huge hit, mm-hmm. be it a TV show, a song, or whatever, I feel like you are built up as this god-like creature, if you will. And then from that point on, you are always trying to live up to that. We've heard Eminem sing about it. We've mm-hmm. heard people talk about but Poor Alanis Morissette will never yeah. beat that jagged little pillow uh, and nah, never going to happen. Like... When you come out like that and they build you to be this epic yeah. next great thing exactly. and then your sophomore comes out and it's like, yeah, eh, yeah. oh, eh. yeah. I mean, that pressure is like unreal it from is. the get-go. Exactly. I, I mean, and I, I think that's part of the problem as well. I think these people, just exactly. because you come out strong doesn't mean that they have to start billing you as exactly. the greatest thing ever because then you feel like you have to live and, up to being the greatest thing And they'll even do ever. it off of one song. Like, they'll yeah. think you're the do best you off it, of one yeah, song do you want and like a little bit of, out, you're like, uh you yeah, want to hear yeah. a little bit of a headspace? Yeah. Is how many breakup songs are hugely famous that made that person famous? Mm, that's a good well, point. that was them in a certain headspace yeah. talking about a certain sadness or something that really drove them to make this great song, which affected yeah. tons of people. Now they got to perform that song every single show. Yeah. Well, Even if they come out with new music, they still have to finish with their well, best yeah, I'm hit thinking about, every uh, time. Plain White Tees and uh, Hey There, Delilah. You know yeah. they have to play that everywhere they go. Everywhere yeah. they go, because yeah. that's what they're mostly known exactly. for. There's the casual listeners going to their show, paying for that ticket, going, how come they didn't sing that song? Exactly. That's the song I know. I wanted to know what it was like in New York City. But yeah, <laughs> just crazy shit, man. That's right. It is Speaking really crazy. Speaking of crazy shit. Yeah, this is... Oh, no. Yeah, well, anytime Kanye. he shows up in the list, yeah, well, it's usually Kanye crazy. This yeah. isn't even bad about yeah. him. No. Well, uh, he's stupid. He shouldn't have signed he this. He shouldn't have signed it, exactly. But <laughs> Let me, apparently, I didn't hear about he this. Let's is hear legally bound, contractually barred from retiring. Mm. Like... <laughs> This is what? insane to me. Guys, read everything before you sign it. That is the main point yeah, but he behind has this. lawyers that... They, they, no. e- exactly. What? Even more so. Even the Apple agreement. You know you skip through that shit. Yeah. Read that. Yeah. <laughs> this contract basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, but the wording was basically like, you are expected to, at the same veracity, at the same enthusiasm with the same go and drive to approach songwriting performing and producing that you had from the beginning of your career yeah and you cannot stop 
stop until the end of your contract. Yeah. You cannot stop producing, you cannot stop performing, and you cannot stop writing. Then they say he'd take vacations, but he could not take a hiatus. Right, right. He couldn't take an extended hiatus. Yeah. And he was, even the vacation was limited to a small uh, vacation. That's crazy. How so, is this even legal? Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and well, this is what he's suing on. Um, He's uh, suing to, and he, as he puts it, obtain his freedom. Yeah. And he is using a law out of California. It's a labor code law, section 2855. And in the state of California, it limits a personal service contract to no more than seven years. Mm. Now, Kanye's been signed for longer than seven years. Yeah. Um, this stems all the way back to Olivia de Havilland winning her freedom from Warner Brothers after a long-term contract that she had signed and they tried to keep her on. Like the 40s, um, right? Yeah, to extend her uh, contract. So that's how long this has been going on. And here's where it gets really interesting because we talked about this on the show last week with the whole Netflix uh, 20th Century Fox battle yeah. about poaching employees. Yeah. Well, Netflix is also citing this law saying that it's not okay for these other studios to have these executives yeah. for longer than seven years. If they want to be out of their contract, yeah. you have to legally let them out of their contract. Exactly. And that's how they're justifying their poaching, if exactly. you will. Um, this is going to have huge ramifications on how this plays out. Because if this goes in Kanye's favor... That's going to affect everything moving forward with the Netflix 20th Century Fox lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And basically anybody who's ever been in a contract exactly. for more than seven years, they could decide, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out of here. And, then, yeah. and they'll... So this is going to be setting legal precedent. Yeah. And it's also going to flip the other way if it doesn't go in Kanye's favor that these people could be stuck to long-term exactly. contracts that are extended at will of these people who, who originated the contract. Yeah. So it, it's going to be... Yeah. Well, what's the um? What happens if he was to break contract? I was wondering. Like, I want to know. I, I need to go look it up. I'm sorry. I'm asking y'all, but they probably just. I mean, sue him for everything he's worth. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but sometimes they have stipulations in that we'll get three million dollars if you break contract. I mean, no, I feel like they've got him locked pretty good. Yeah, no, that's like that's it, the craziest contract I've ever heard. Is like that's nearly like, he can nearly claim slavery on the contract. Well, and he does. Like, he uses that exact yeah. term. It's modern slavery. It yeah. is, and I can't argue with him i think he's right yeah. he's right um, yeah. but the, the crazy part of that is like the what they say hiatus yeah because you know we've talked about this on prior shows too like where these bands are still under contract to mm -hmm. deliver an album but they'll like disband and be like they'll a break partner. up yeah like jonas for example exactly they're coming back to deliver back. a new album backstreet boys and all them have come because they exactly. still own new edition still owes an album yeah okay so i, I mean i guess is that the Jonas Brothers means, situation? Do what? Is that the Jonas Brothers situation? I believe they were still obligated oh, to shit. do an album. Oh, yeah. wow. So I guess Kanye got screwed because mm. he can't take like one of those, well, I'm going to take years yeah. off and when I'm ready, come back and give you an album. Yeah. They're like, no, you have to consistently yeah, like, work. <laughs> no hiatus. You better be writing. I mean, it's crazy. At the same level. At the same at level. At the same level, yeah. How do you sit there and squeeze blood out of a turnip exactly. after a while? It's insane, man. It, it really is. Yeah. So Let's talk about pressure and causing depression, right? Yeah, we're like, definitely going to be tracking that situation because, mm. like you said, what, it's yeah, what happens a if he had a medical emergency or something where he has a complete medical breakdown? Then he could be able to sue. E, um, was it EMI? Well, he I'm, could sue EMI for um, uh, mental. Um, well, he's already diagnosed bipolar. 
Yeah. Like so. So he can put that in the lawsuit. Exactly. It's that that fell underneath because you had me contractually obligated for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um. Guess what? Now you're in charge of my medical fees uh-huh. and my medical disturbance, yeah. and now I can get out with that too. He yeah. can start suing for several different things. Exactly. Oof, it's gonna be crazy, man. Yeah. We'll yeah. definitely keep track of that lawsuit because yeah. it, it's gonna be huge in the industry. Yeah. Seriously. But this next one, this next thing is really cool. Howard Stern. Everybody knows who Howard Stern is. Freaking a great radio show host, had his own thing for a while now on Sirius XM. He is going to start playing the lesser known bands on a radio his own radio station, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's been having his radio station. The only reason I ever thought about gearing Sirius XM satellite radio is just to listen to Stern. Yeah. But now this but, is way away from shock jock stuff. Yeah, yeah. this is more of interviews. him trying to feature art. Yeah. 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 Saturday soundtrack live music series is what he's calling it. Um, this is exciting. Apparently, whenever they come to do the show, he's had these guys do some live uh, performances right. and stuff, and he's been just holding them in the vault yeah. for like ever. Nobody's heard these heard recordings or, or whatever, yeah. and he's just decided that he's going to pull them all together and do this show and call it Saturday Soundtrack, cool. and he's going to start releasing all of these live performances that these people have done for him on his show. Yeah, they got some big names too, freaking for, uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters and Nirvana, um, That's right. James Nirvana. Taylor, Fire. He, they got him playing Fire and Rain, they got uh, Lady Gaga in 2015 doing A Million Reasons on the piano, they yeah. got some good stuff. Cheap trick, that's just the first episode. Yeah. I mean, you got Dave Grohl and Lady Gaga yeah. and freaking uh, James Taylor all in one episode, Yeah, that's going to be epic. Yeah, and all over the map as far as like seriously types of music. Yeah, that's such eclectic like taste right there. Yeah, yeah but that's something kind of neat. It's like usually on the radio or anything else, you only hear the hits. Yeah, and a lot of bands play a lot a lot more time, not yeah. just on the hits, but everything else, and yeah. it doesn't get featured. Exactly, this would be a great platform to feature using Howard Stern's name. Going, yeah. well, it's not just I'm not just all about shocking. I'm yeah. also he was trying to do art too. So exactly. Really well, cool. How many times have you seen performers when they're on a show or something? They do a couple of lesser songs yeah. that nobody really knows, or yeah. they're on the other side of the album that yeah. nobody really. So this is going to be an opportunity for maybe exactly. these performers to to do songs that you haven't heard them do, exactly. You know, and get the opportunity to hear them. So exactly. that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some of this stuff. And I love live. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it my there's no better. They got to be good, man. Today. I'm very picky. They got to control their breathing. I'm a choir kid, so they got to control their breathing. <laughs> live performances is really important. Well, I this, love reading on music sheets where you're supposed to breathe. Your yeah. Like, so this series <gasps> though will be interesting because we'll find out who can and cannot yeah. actually sing. Exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. Live, live performances, you find out quickly who actually exactly. Sings and oh, who gets yeah. a lot of work on the board. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, speaking of a lot of work, the Jonas Brothers seem to be doing a lot of work. They, I mean, we, they announced their la- our next album we just talked about last yep. week. They announced, uh, well, a new music video came out last week as well. Well, now they just signed a deal with Amazon partnering with them so I'm guessing they're going to be some sort of producers yeah, executive yeah. producer type uh, on a documentary looking into their lives and what they're going through now see so I, mean, I, I mean, they're smart it seems like they understand the business I mean they kind of grew up in it a little bit they, they were teenagers I mean older teenagers when they got into it but it's it seems like they're making deals and making room, making way. And documentaries seem to be the thing now. Yeah, you know, honestly, like, like on on film, it's all about documentary. Mm-hmm. On the other side, it's all about podcast. Yeah, like the, I mean, you can see the industry moving in these directions. Yeah. you know, and it's like I th- I think the documentaries are doing so well because people want to look into 
what's going on. Yeah. What's the real? Or what happened? Or what you happened? learned so much. Yeah. We just watched that Studio Fifty Four. Oh one. my gosh, that was so great. so good. Yeah. If you haven't checked that out, guys, check out the Studio Fifty Four documentary on Netflix. Yeah. We were there. No, we were there. <laughs> we were there. We were there. We were where the mattresses <laughs> were. Right. We were in the basement with right? the quaaludes That's and the coke right. and the money and yeah. What? Such a, <laughs> such a storied history in that building. Yeah. Though. Like. I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, we went there to go see a show. It's kind of a uh, theater now. It's been converted into a yeah, Broadway like a theater. Bar-esque, yeah, like with bar a stage. stage. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. Cabaret, I guess. More, yeah. You know? but, so we went to see a performance there, but it's down in the old basement of Studio yeah. 54 where all the shady shit went down. Yeah. Snorting coke off mm. each other's bellies yeah. and like sex dens and like... Yeah. But, so when you learn about the whole history of Studio 54 and you know you were down there, yeah, you're, you're like, like oh Whoa. shit. I could be standing right here uh, where such and such was this or that. Oh, yeah. It's insane, man. Oh, it's my a, goodness. Oh, so watch that documentary. Great Seriously, documentary. you're not going to regret it. You're not going to regret it. No. <laughs> Talk but about documentaries. Know, uh, yeah. Well, you know uh, what Kylie Jenner doesn't regret? Being a self-starter. A self-starter. Yeah, man. She's 21, and she's now worth $1 billion, with a B, dollars. Yes, the youngest billionaire, self-made billionaire ever. Yeah. Uh, unseated the previous record holder, which was Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. who was 23 mm-hmm. when he did it. This is impressive. She's worth a billion dollars. 900 million of that. So for you math people out there, 90% of the of the $1 billion worth is through her uh, cosmetics company. That's where she's making all the money. Yeah. Um, and she, she promotes all this stuff over her social media, right? Yeah, she, she started this company and um, she started it apparently with money that she separate from her Kardashian. You know, she she did this all she on her it, own. Right, this yeah. isn't family money. This isn't you know. Yeah, that's what I keep uh, hearing is a lot of people keep trying to argue that it's like it's not really her money. It was this money or whatever. Yeah, no. The, look, apparently she's made a pretty decent sum of money in these partnerships on Instagram yeah. where companies pay her because she has so many followers to do ads. You know, with their product and stuff. And she took that money. And she started this cosmetic company, yeah. and she does it the smart way. She outsources like all the packaging, mm-hmm. all of the distribution, all of the you know the kind. They're all outsourced to different companies who do it all. Like say, um, if you guys are familiar with Vistaprint yeah. or or Cafe Press or something, yeah. it's like where you sell a product, but the other company is the one who actually puts it together, right. packages it, and distributes it yeah. and everything for a percentage of the profit. Right. Well, that's how she's doing it with the makeup. Mm-hmm. That's how she initially started. It. But then, uh, Ulta, I think it's Ulta, Lil Cam? Ulta? Oh, you Story. were questioning pronunciation. Yeah, yeah Ulta, it's right? Ulta. Okay, Ulta. They reached out to they her. Like, they reached oh, out to her and gave her an opportunity to put the brand in their store. That's cool. And so she made an appearance at a couple of the stores, and it blew up after that. Yeah. Revenue skyrocketed yeah. and everything. So, And then this is how she eventually crossed a billion. She's only got 12 employees. Yeah. Five of them are part-time, so nice. only seven full. Yeah. And Almost all of the profit is going to her. That's awesome. And she's the sole owner. So that's why they're saying her her net worth is a billion dollars yeah. and nine hundred million of it is tied up in this cosmetic company. But she's the only owner, so it's all her. Yeah. Um that's inspiring. Well, that's honestly. Just, but that's where the argument comes in, be like, Well, she's doing this because of her stardom is what launched her into this. Self made. Um I'll say Oprah is self made. 
The, yeah, I mean, coming up from nothing and being a newscaster, snorting cocaine, and then now a freaking mega freaking icon. Let's be honest about it. A media and icon. Media a mega icon. media and owner icon. Went there, I did. Went I went there. there. I still love you, Oprah. Don't I, I, I read your book. It's fine. <laughs> right. In her defense, I still go with self-made because there's been plenty of rich, spoiled kids from rich families that haven't who done anything. Blow through their inheritance yeah. and don't do shit. Yeah, exactly. she Absolutely. took her okay. money. By the way, which again I want to stress wasn't inheritance money, wasn't yeah. family money. Yeah, she took her own money yeah. and invested in this project and built yeah. it up off the ground. Yeah. So, so I guess you could say it was like a stepping stone. That I mean, she, she was a, name. a part of the but, family, but I mean, come on, yeah. everybody, your name is your product. Yeah, I mean, the I name, mean, you know, you got it. We talk about it all the time. You got to brand yourself. Well, and yeah. the, the product is her name. It's exactly. branded as her name, exactly. Kylie Jenner. You know, cosmetics or whatever. I mean, so it was smart. Yeah, I mean, you use it. Yeah, and you use you it. Do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. he was like, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, come on, oh, man. My we're God. on TV. Yeah, put that little tongue. How he knew Ulta? <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. how he knew he Ulta. He just totally threw that out there. It's like, no, I knew Ulta because Lil Cam took us in there for an unusually uh, uncomfortable amount of time. Yeah, it was uh, so and bad. it was really. Oh my yeah. God, I was not happy. And no. then what? It, that's when we saw uh, Kylie's it's, sister, uh, uh, Kim, her her naked body it, perfume, perfume bottle or whatever. Like what? So uncomfortable. Yeah, I was like, this had to literally be molded off of her body you know it was yeah like yeah and so how did they do that was like that a 3d rendering off of her right. sex video oh, or did she oh, model damn. for that these are yeah. things we think about when we well, you took us into ulta oh okay like, oh, okay so anyway this was good industry news now let's lead into our guest segment this week we got the one and only deanna bermudez coming on the show she's going to be featured in yesterday that one that's about the beatles songs you know the beatles were never here then he takes over like the beatles songs take recognition for him and she's going to be featured in sly's last blood rambo's last blood oh man i can't wait to talk to her about that one yeah me too and and, and hopefully it is rambo's last blood right like, i'm just saying it's pretty old <laughs> just, we can ask her about that though i mean you know like what she thinks about it coming yeah. back after the success i guess of creed and stuff i right. mean what, what's sly doing you know yeah. I, I look to you a lot of interesting stuff man she was enrolled in the same school that like carrie fisher and vanessa yeah. redgrave and she's gonna be fun to talk to yeah she really is is in London, so we're gonna have to Skype her. All right, so, let's do it. Let's do it. Deanna, hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. How well, are you guys? Oh, we're doing we're awesome, doing fantastic. <laughs> Great day. You have oh, the so whole gang here today, by the way. You've got all of the crazy ants here today. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had the whole group together yeah. for an interview. True. So it's going to be... Uh... Gosh, I'm really pr- I feel really privileged. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention that, that that we heard that you listened to the podcast, so you know we can get a little crazy, especially when the whole group's here. So for right. a warning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, exciting. How great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, first of all, for joining us and taking the time. Uh, we should mention that you're calling uh, from London, so you're ahead of us a little bit. So we appreciate you taking the time to uh, do the interview tonight. Yeah, definitely. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I just had my dinner and um, <laughs> getting ready for bed soon. <laughs> but, um, What'd you have? <laughs> um, I had I had a really nice uh, vegan um, bolognese thing. I'm not vegan, but, you know, I like hey, to experiment, but you know. so... That yeah, was my was uh, breakfast was actually really a vegan burger myself. Oh, well, well, there there you go. Go. No, I've been on the hunt for an amazing vegan burger um, in London. Um, so I have actually been eating a lot of vegan burgers recently. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Little, little side <laughs> story. Nice. That. No. <laughs> if you've listened to the show, you know we like food. We talk, yeah, we talk about fine. food a lot. Oh man. <laughs> food and All wine. Types my, of food. My favorite the thing. pastime. <laughs> food and wine. Right. Oh man, we are really excited to talk to you though. We you've got some uh, huge things coming up. Rambo Five, Last Blood, and Yesterday. Um, yes. We are super excited about that, and we're going to jump in and talk about that. But what we like to do first to try to uh, introduce the listeners to you is to kind of hear about how you got started in the industry. You know, um, was it something you always wanted to do, or did you just kind of fall into it, or what your background is a little bit in it? Yeah, I mean, gosh, it is um, a, a long-winded story, which I will try and keep uh, short <laughs> to the point. Um, I... Do you know, I was a really shy, awkward bookworm, and um, drama was not in my plans whatsoever. I think I remember when I was younger, uh, I think I wanted to be an archaeologist and then an mm. architect. Um, but um, my teacher, when I was um, around 10, made me do this musical with this company that came into our, our school. And um, for some reason, I got chosen as the lead. Oh. And um, I remember just being absolutely terrified. Um, but then, when you know, when the sh- when the play was over, I just had just I don't know the most exhilarated, uh, exhilarating feeling. And um, that kind of rush was what what, what got me addicted <laughs> to, uh, to 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 this world, this crazy world of, of acting. Um, However, I, I never actually still believed that I could ever be an actor because I guess, you know, I never saw myself represented on screen or on stage, especially here in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I just didn't think that there was a place for me. And I, and I went around and around in circles and, um, you know, I thought eventually I was going to um, study to be a translator and um, that did not go well because I hated it. Within three months, like I quit. <laughs> I went. I went to the universe, uh, the UCL, which is one of the top uh, universities here in London. Oh, wow. um, and yeah, I just dropped out after three months because it was because I was going. I wasn't going to class, and I was right. actually going to the musical theatre society instead. Mm-hmm. So I realised that there was something not quite uh, right in what right. I was doing, and um, I took a gap year. Um, I ended up in Italy, and um, there was an English theatre company there. I said, can I please be part of it? And they said yes, and I oh, started nice. touring Italy in a theatre company. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like that, that though, that because we have a lot of guests who like that. Like, you know, you, you, you start off doing something, and you realize it's just not your passion. It's just not what yeah. you want. And, you know, I guess it didn't have that same exhilarating feeling yeah. that you had on stage. So, Well, that's it. It's that, that, that kind of feeling. I don't know. It's, it's just nothing, nothing really compares. And I think that that's, I, I think that's so important in life. You know, you just have to do what you love because otherwise that's it's right. just so unfulfilling. Absolutely. And, and that can, you know, people can love so many different things, but... I think for actors, it's a very, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you have to really love it because I think it's a really difficult profession to get into. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's a profession built on rejection. Yeah, so you have exactly. to literally love what you do in exactly. order to, to 
survive the rejection before you, you know, before the acceptance. So it's definitely. Mm. I'm looking at the at the name of the people that went to this school that you enrolled in, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, you got <laughs> like Carrie Olivier. Fisher. Yeah, yeah Carrie yeah. Fisher, uh, Judy Dench, Kit Harrington. Yeah. My goodness. So I, I'd say oh, yeah. uh, you you must be pretty good <laughs> <laughs> for someone who doesn't think that they maybe belong. You must be pretty good. That's some pretty good company. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what happened after after I toured Italy. I kind of was like, okay, well, let's 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 go, let's study drama actually, like at a university level, and um, and I applied to the Royal Central Central School of Speech and Drama, and um, w- when I went there for the first time, I absolutely fell in love with it, and I just knew that that was the place I had to be because it just, you know, it is it is this kind of grand uh, establishment, and you know. Gosh, on the steps, Dame Judy Dench is written there, and you're like, whoa, Lauren like on the entrance steps. So every day when I went, you know, you see these people, and you kind of go, oh, wow, like mm-hmm. how amazing that they were in this space, like here where I am now. Right. See, I um, love that though, because I, I would guess there's two ways to look at that. Either you see that every day, and you're really inspired, or you're really intimidated, right, exactly. like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> How am I gonna do this? So good thing you went the inspiration route instead of the yeah. oh shit route. Like I mean, yeah, no, it's I, the whole. I think it's it's a really inspiring place to be. It's just so creative, and there's just you know different. Um, uh, there's lots of different courses, and you know you walk into one part of the school and you see people like the musical theatre. Uh, uh, course you know you see them in just these crazy outfits just singing along the corridors and I guess you know what it was um because when I I saw fame in the west end when I was about 16 or 17 and I remember just going whoa this is Mm -hmm. what I want and that 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 was kind of what it was like at central to some degree Mm um so really I I felt really uh, an inspiring time whilst I was there for sure Oh, that's it. And so this is interesting. So my next question is, though, because, uh, you know, doing our research on you and everything, we kind of say that you moved and progressed forward in your career in TV. But I imagine that you did a lot of stage work and musical work. So was the was the progression into television hard or did you did you have a transition period where you maybe continued to do a little bit of stage work before making the leap into TV or how'd that go down? I think, you know, um, it, oh, gosh. Well, I definitely started in theatre, and theatre for me was the main um, pull towards mm. uh, this industry um, because that kind of live experience is, um, gosh, it gets your adrenaline really, really pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I graduated, I went back into theatre um, for a bit. Uh, however, you know, um, I'm sh- pretty sure it's same everywhere but theatre just doesn't pay as well no, no, that, yeah, it's true let's <laughs> I mean, be honest about it and um, yeah no and so I I kind of I had to retrain because obviously theatre is well it's quite it's quite a different medium so I kind of retrained for film and TV mm-hmm. um, and just learning because being, being on a film set is so such a different experience mm, to, right. to being on a theatre that you know like oh my gosh there's no rehearsals right um, <laughs> You know, you just go straight into it, and so that's that's a very very different experience. So yeah, I kind of retrained and um, 
then I gradually started getting more and more experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, here, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but in the UK, we start off with, there's a lot of very prestigious um, film schools here Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So, you know, you start doing uh, student uh, shorts and all of that and you get your experience. And then once you have a showreel, you know, I think it's kind of people can see what you can do. And I guess that was when it kind of started. uh, Well, when, um, you know, I got an agent who really started pushing me for film and TV. Yeah. Um, But I still do theatre occasionally um, just because I... I love it so much. Um, oh, man. So, yeah. And well, I would imagine going back, because we've had several people on uh, who have started in theater and then yeah. made the transition as well into TV and movies and stuff. And they, you know, they, they like to go back to the theater because they, all of them have have told us it keeps the skill sharp. You yeah. know, the, oh, the, the, yeah. The, it, it's more of a you're, you're almost continuously learning in theater and you get the instant reaction. And so they look at it as a way to keep perfecting their skill. So. For sure! Oh my gosh, that's like I, I feel that's so so important mm-hmm. uh, to to keep working on both sides because I, I they're just so such different mediums. But I feel that um, theatre is just kind of uh, all encompassing. Like you really use all your skills um, in in theatre, and also you know I feel that as an actor, you're it's, it's like an athlete. You can't mm-hmm. ever stop training. Agreed. You know, yeah. and so that's something that I really believe. Yeah. You know, I'm, every year I'm changing, I'm developing as a as a as a human being. Yeah. So naturally, I would have to develop my craft. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite things is always like you know doing uh, like theatre or or doing classes that just keep that skill working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We had many a guest on that compared acting to breathing, so it's kind of like that. Always trying to better better your breathing, better your skill. So it's really yeah. cool to hear your passion about your craft. Absolutely. Mm. What would you say the hardest transition was? Because we had, I, th- I think it was William Daniels who said the the hardest part about it was he had to learn to not talk loud. Yeah. Because he he had spent so much time on stage that he would project himself, you know, uh, so uh, above everyone else, and they're like, "You don't have to scream here." Yeah. We, you know, it was like we have microphones. Yeah. It's okay. So, what would you say the hardest <laughs> yeah. part was with the transition? That's definitely a difficult, uh, like I see it a lot as well. Sometimes you can tell when an actor has more stage experience. Um, And yeah, I did have to make everything smaller. There you Um, go, was That was something. However, I think the hardest transition um, for me was definitely the stop starting, Mm. Um, you know, and just the different angles Mm -hmm. and doing a take again and again. But it's just just this part of the scene, not the (laughs) whole scene. Um, Because obviously in theatre... You're, you're in the moment and in that kind of like two hours that you're on stage, you're just there in character and the, 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 the emotion swells and changes and, you know, and it grows all in that space. Whilst when you're on, um, when you're filming, you know, it's like, it, it's not, you might be in the moment, but then, oh, actually that, that camera... Uh, uh, isn't in the right place and right. all that lighting isn't quite right. Right. So you have to start, start all again. over. And it's like, oh, God, okay, I was exactly. in a really right. place. Yeah. But okay, whew, take it back. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, on stage, you flub a line, there's no cut, let's right. do it again. Exactly. You just gotta go, well, okay. Like, that's it. 
<laughs> exactly. And you just go with it and, you know, the line's fluffed, but you just kind of improvise and make it work. Right. right. You know, and that's a skill in itself. But, yeah, I think that, that that's definitely, for me, been the, the hardest uh, transition uh, from stage to screen. And oh, so wow. What would you say? Do, do you like the run and gun of television or do you like film more than television? I know, I know while similar in standard, I mean, there is a different format as to the way it's shot. Do you have a particular one you like? Mm. <laughs> um, you, oh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess... Because I think that oh, the first thing that, that shocked me about TV was how quick it shot. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, I, got, I remember, you know, because I've, I've worked with the BBC and I guess they're such a tight-knit group. It was like they did 14 scenes in a day. Oh, wow. And that is an insane amount of scenes to do in a day. Um, but I guess it's, it's fun because it's so quick and everyone knows what they're doing. It's just so slick. Um, and, and there is an element of that that I like, but then at the same time, like film is, is, I don't know, film is pretty special. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, would, um, would you prefer the... I to answer, I don't know. I, I, I'm going <laughs> no, to say no. I, I, I prefer, I prefer film. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, I don't know, just a little bit extra special about film mm-hmm. and because you're creating something a little bit extra special. I don't know. Mm, yeah. That's a great answer. Definitely. I mean, would you prefer the instant reaction of stage other than our per, oh, other than yeah. film? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I know yeah. that. You know why? Because like you know what you've done. Like you're very aware in that moment, you know, I've just performed this and I've just gone through this char- like just, you know, like delivered this character to the audience and told this story and then they react. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, when you film something, gosh, I, I like, um, I worked um, on Xavier Dolan's The Life and the Death and Life of John F. Donovan. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> and that was two years ago. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, and I'm like, well, God, well, I, do, do I remember what I did? Right. You know, uh, um, so, so it's kind of one of those that you, you, you kind of are satisfied on the day, but you can't mm-hmm. really get a real grasp of what you've done and then it all depends on what take the director uses and yeah. how they edit it and I mean whether you're even in it because in the death and life of John F. Donovan Jessica Chastain got cut from the whole film right mm, yeah <laughs> damn so, which just even hearing that is like mind-boggling yeah. like wait it's what insane. yeah that's I know that's crazy. it's just like she's always one of the main characters and it's like oh, gosh well if she got cut what chance do I have? <laughs> right, like, ah. It's crazy when you when you think about like the, the film industry and how, um, like, what is it? Um, Ter- Terrence Malick, he, his films can completely just change, right? Absolutely, like, right. Yeah. Um, so I guess there isn't that instant gratification that you get when you're on stage um, and that adrenaline, yeah. Or the ability, I guess, to make adjustments. Like yeah. because like you said, it, it comes down to the editing. So you don't know what take they're gonna use. Maybe you thought mm-hmm. one take was better exactly. and they cho- choose another. Where on stage, if you if you can get that instant reaction from the audience, if something's not working, you can make adjustments right then and you know mm. whether it's working or not. Whereas in film, you just have to hope that the editor right. gets it to yeah. where it needs to be for I the mean, performance. If your director yeah. doesn't direct you in the right way, then you might be screwed. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. exactly. So, um, well, and uh, you know, it's funny too that with the BBC, it likens me it, the way she described that very much like um, 
in the U.S. Uh, daytime television. Yeah, honestly. where it's a fast pace and they're doing seventy-five pages a day and yeah, like, all these I mean scenes that's what Eric yeah. Braden said on The Young and the Restless. It, exactly. Like, that's interesting though to hear because she's the first person to describe the the BBC like that. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. Hey. <laughs> so, have you had many other UK guests? Oh yeah, actually, <laughs> we've had several UK guests. Uh, we, oh, we're, we're big I over there for some reason. One. We've got a big following <laughs> over there, which we're really happy about. Yeah. Um, I think it's because you know what I like. Sorry, I know we're going off track, but what I really like about what you guys do is like you you talk about the whole the whole industry and like the like what's new and stuff and. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so relevant for for a UK audience at the moment as well, because I think so many of us are are realizing that um, the US film and TV industry is just just a million times bigger than what we have here in the UK. And yeah, so, um, well, and w- it would appear ever evolving. I think that's honestly, why we get yeah. so lucky with our industry news and what's mm. going because it seems like every day something changes. Yeah, and so, like mm. something new to report every week. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thank you sure. so much for that, though, for the kind words. We yeah, really seriously. appreciate that. And we're, we love to hear that people enjoy what we're doing and that it's relevant and that people are taking notice of it. I mean, yeah. thank you so much for that. I had a quick oh, little no random problem. question, too. Um, so speaking of the BBC, I hear your lovely British accent, uh, yeah. but I also saw in our little notes about you that you moved from Colombia, right? Yes, so I do know. You... Can you not tell? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't hear it, but I, I was curious if you still speak Spanish. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My so, my mum my mum forced me to go to Saturday, <laughs> uh, Spanish or Latin American school here in the UK um, because you know like language and culture and identity is like a a huge thing here um you know there's not so many of us right yeah (laughs) here in the UK I mean we do have especially in London there's like two areas in London in both south and north where there's a, a a growing Latin American community um so yes, I still speak the language, and um, in in Rambo Five, actually, my character only oh, very speaks nice. um, in Spanish. So oh, okay, <laughs> that's what I was going to yeah. ask. I was wondering if you ever, um, if if that helps your career at all, if you're ever asked to do any parts that are strictly Spanish or at least bilingual. Uh, so obviously, yeah. at least with Rambo, right? Yeah, yeah. No, oh my gosh, it was for, for sure. I mean, gosh, I only spoke in Spanish in in Rambo. So I mean, that was a that was a that was actually really lucky casting like right time right place kind of um situation uh for rambo five because i literally got cast and flew out in three days oh wow (laughs) so did you actually get to see sly without giving anything away where i mean were you were you able to work in scenes with him i i was and he's a really uh you know because i think um I wasn't expecting him to be there, right? <laughs> and I just walk onto this, uh, in, onto set, and he's there, and you know, he's—I mean, like such a, a professional and a real actor's actor. Because um, for me, he really helped um, with my character and stuff, and he just spoke to me, and he—he—he's a kind of, you know, he's invested in Rambo Five. Um, oh, absolutely, definitely. It's his, it's his baby, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think you know, for him, it was so important to be to be there and oversee everything, and yeah, it was just, it was a great, a great whirlwind experience for oh, sure. Man. Oh, I bet. I can't, like I, I, me, I, I say sly like I know him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so did you see sly? <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that's amazing. Um, what do you think about what he's been able to do, like coming back to these characters, and I guess kind of giving them a proper finish, yeah. like with what he was able to do with um Rocky in in the Creed movies. 
Um, did did he, did he talk about that a little bit? Is it because from everything that we're hearing, this is kind of like the final send off for Rambo? Yeah. No, no. When we were on set, it was all kind of very much working on the scenes that we were mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Um, and it was all very, very, very focused. It was, you know, we were doing. Uh, like night night shoots and uh, in Bulgaria and it was freezing. Oh wow! <laughs> um, wow. So you know it, it was just everyone was there and focused to work, um, but there was a lot of you know because there was Bulgarian extras, so there was mm. lots of different and we was our scene was in Spanish, and then there was English. So I think there needed to be that kind of level of concentration Absolutely. because there Definitely. was just so much going on and different languages and translators mm-hmm. and stuff. So um, yeah. It was pretty intense. Well, we look one thing for sure. We definitely, I think everybody agrees. We have to have you back on when Rambo comes out, so that yeah. we can talk about it. Seriously, because, hey. uh, yeah, we know how it all goes. You can't say too much. Can't say that, but yeah, when, yeah. yeah, when that comes out, we definitely want to talk to you. But I don't know. I know me and J Lo because we've watched the trailer like ninety five thousand times. We are super excited about yesterday. Yes, <laughs> hey. just the whole premise of this film is amazing. I mean. It is, it is such a, I remember when I read the script and I was like, what the hell is this lunacy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's hilarious. And, um, I mean, Danny Boyle is probably like the perfect person to direct something like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it was really, it was such a cool project to work on as well. Oh, I bet. I mean, the whole idea of how could you possibly forget the Beatles? Yeah, like, seriously. I, know. I mean, it's Some just, of the best songwriters of all time. Right, right. So, uh, I, and of course, I, you know, I want to ask and she's going to tell me, watch, watch. I just know you're going to tell me you can't tell me, but the feet. Come on, is it is it John, uh, <laughs> John and Paul? I mean, do they call him out? In the trailer, yeah. <laughs> uh, can't tell you. I, can't uh, really, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh you have my to gosh. wait. You have to wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, it's so wonderful though to see all of these films that are kind of like finding ground over here in the yeah. U.S. Um, because mm. I mean, Lily James is huge over here now. Yeah. Um, she is. I know. She's done so. She's so lovely as well. Like, she, I mean. Obviously, but like, um, yeah, she's done so well. It's great to see these uh, us UK actors making it out there. Well, and she's so versatile. I mean, when we wa- I had to watch the trailer like twice before I even knew it was Lily James. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I had a like, double I mean, take. This is so different in everything she does. So that's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. So how about yourself? Any plans to, to maybe do some stuff in the US or work on some US projects? You know that yeah, that is def- definitely a plan, especially because of, of of my ethnicity. Because I am like, I mean, I'm Colombian of of like indigenous American heritage. So like, there's definitely more of a market for me in um, America <laughs> than over here. Absolutely. Because fun- funnily enough, in the UK, you know, um, they predominantly cast me as Asian. Um, as wow, in, sorry, I don't know if that's, um, wait, you guys say something different. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I know that there's, I don't know what's politically correct to say over there. Oh, you can um, say whatever you want. Right, it's all like, good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mainly get cast as like, um, Eurasian, like, which is like a, like half, half white, half, uh, Chinese or, right. or Filipino or right. kind of that that look and obviously that's not my ethnicity mm-hmm. um but because there isn't really like there's barely any roles for south american and particularly not um indigenous uh, americans or native americans mm. um 
I'm hoping that things will change now with, um, you know, uh, Yalitza Aparicio, you know, from Roma. She mm-hmm. right. has kind of been a, um, a spokeswoman or a, what's the what's the word for it? But, you know, like, she's come about and it's like, oh, hang on, look, they, they are a, a race of people. Right. Absolutely. Need, and you- that, that could do with representation. So yeah. that's a great transition because I was I was about to ask because you know Netflix and a lot of the streaming services are making a push over into your area of the world and and mm. and, and and wanting to develop series and movies with local people so that that, yeah. that there's more. So have you seen that? Maybe maybe perhaps more opportunity for yourself in that arena. I mean, I think that I love the idea of Netflix coming into different areas and filming with the local people as opposed to bringing people over to do it. Um, so how do you feel about that? Would you, I mean, a Netflix series or, or something like that, either here in America or over there? Yeah, I mean, gosh, that, that would be amazing. And, and I mean, obviously, because pilot, I have been auditioning for pilot season, but of course, you know, it's quite tricky with uh, the whole visa situation. Mm, um, and um, yeah, especially in, in this current climate, it's, it's even more difficult for, for, for <laughs> British actors <laughs> to, to go over to work in America. Um, so I'm excited about Netflix coming and producing more stuff over here in the UK, for sure, because I, I do think that, you know, Netflix are... And, and for sure, my gosh, my, like, my auditions are definitely... Like, the stuff I'm auditioning for is just so different now to what it was when I started, for sure. Mm. Um, so it's exciting, exciting times um, that lay ahead. Well, and that's interesting. You said you brought up pilot season. So are you doing self-tapes and auditions for stuff over here, or is pilot season the same over there as it is over Because we're currently no. in pilot season over here as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I meant. No, no, no. We don't have a pilot season. Okay. Because, okay. uh, no. yeah, that was news to me. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. They have a pilot season, and it's at the same time? Like, that would have been crazy. No. <laughs> No, no. Well, because, you know, now um, a lot of uh, new pilots are also kind of being filmed um, not in America. Right. Um, so, and they're realizing, you know, it's quite, it's quite cheap to film in Europe uh, compared to um, in the US. And so I think that's that's opening the door to a lot of us UK Absolutely. actors as Netflix well. Netflix just opened a, a huge studio over there. So, yeah. Mm, yes, yes, I know. So, <laughs> so I like, think well that's... Yeah, that's. I think that's why there's a lot more of us now in the UK auditioning for pilot season, um, like without uh, visas at the moment because right. mm-hmm. you should, that's very a new informed. Opportunity. Yeah, seriously, you are very informed. You must get all of that by listening to our industry. Right. News. No. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm just yes, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, but no, it's nice to see something because I think that gives you an edge up. I, I feel like a lot of times people go in so naive to the industry about what's going on or, or you know, and all they they focus on is I have to do a self-taper. I, I, I would imagine that it, it, it's an advantage to go in knowing what's going on in the industry and how, you know, so kudos to you for being so informed. I think it's so important though, you know, I, um, and also I feel that because, when I was growing up, I, I didn't ever, you know, I, I, I feel like I've, I've missed so much. Um, so, so many of my friends, you know, grew up watching all these classics and I wasn't allowed a TV when I was younger. Mm, wow. So I wasn't allowed to watch TV. So I feel like I'm forever catching up. Like I've never seen enough. I've never watched enough. I don't know enough. And so I'm like, oh yes, like more information. The more I know, the more relevant I can I can remain, you know, I can be. 
Um, so that's why I think it's super important to know what is going on in our industry. Um, and also, you know, just to, in case you might hear of something and you push your agent just to be like, hey, um, actually, I've heard of this amazing right. film. Um, can, you, can you get me in? Exactly. Um, you know, just a, a gentle nudge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. We but, hear that all yeah. the time. It's about who you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, again, kudos to you because I, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe are too scared to nudge the agent. It's yeah. like, no, listen, in the end, it's your career. Exactly. You, you know, you got to push. For, if you're not pushing for yourself, I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I felt, thankfully, I have, uh, like, uh, my agent at the moment, I have such an, a, a brilliant relationship with her. And, um, she's always fighting my corner so like I, it really is a gentle nudge in this case <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well yeah. listen, so what we like to do though is it was uh, towards the end of the interview is kind of like because we do have a lot of listeners who are t- attempting to get into the industry or are in the industry but brand new and so what we like to do is have our guests kind of Give some advice about what you would do if you're trying to get into the industry or maybe some pitfalls to look out for um, and not do if they're trying to get in the industry. You know, I, cause I, I say this to a lot of younger um, actors but I, or, or people trying to get into the industry. I, I just think that we are living in this world where there is so much available online and... So, so I don't know if it's the same as well in, in America, but here in the UK, um, especially in London, there are so many schemes for under 25s, like in, mm. in, in theatres, like in the prestigious theatres where it's free and you just kind of, you know, do a course with them. And there's just so, so much available. Uh, if you just look, you know, look, look at your local theatres or look online, there's amazing um, um uh content that people are producing on on like um looking at films and analyzing films and things like this and i think that all that all uh, adds into your personal development as an as an actor understanding you know how to interpret a film and how to read a script and and seeing a character journey and all of that i just think it's it's so it's so much easier nowadays um than before so just use all of that and just really study, you know, watch, watch film. And there's so much amazing stuff out there. There's Netflix. Absolutely. (laughs) Exactly. Study, uh, like, you know, your favorite actors, see what they do. And I I just think it's, um, it's just, it's just brilliant that we have all of that at our fingertips nowadays. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Social media. (laughs) Are you a fan of social media? Um, um, professionally speaking, of course. Professionally speaking, when it comes to your career, are you? <laughs> We've got varying I, I, I opinions over here in the U.S. Yeah, I, I feel like in the U.S. it's even uh, an even bigger thing. Yeah. Here in the U.K., it's starting to be a big thing. Social media. So, I I am a fan of social media for, for, for different things. Like I use my social media to try and be a, a role model for um, my my people. Um, you know, because I don't think that uh, Indigenous Americans have a lot of uh, role models in, in film and TV, and mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm trying to be. And you know, I get a lot of support from the com- from from the community, and 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 that really empowers me, and I feel great about that. And I'm hoping that I'm giving back to them in some way as well. So I do like social media in that respect. Um, when it comes to using it as an actor. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's, I think I heard someone say it on one of your podcasts, it's a necessary evil. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so I do think it is necessary. Um, so yes, get on social media, but always do it, do it in a way that, that, that you enjoy, is yeah. what I feel. Oh, that's, that's the perfect way to yeah, say it. That seriously. is the perfect way to say it. Well, listen, you mm. have been an absolute gem to talk to today. Oh, I'm glad. Uh, no, Likewise. it was a really fun interview. And yeah, honestly. Open invite. Uh, please, we definitely want you to come back when Yesterday hits and when uh, Rambo hits. <laughs> we would love for you to come back and tell us all about it when you can actually talk about them. And, yeah. and, and just, or just whenever you just want to come back and talk. I mean, you're a fan <laughs> of the podcast. We do these top awesome. five segments. We call you up and you can participate in the top five. I mean, <laughs> brilliant. Thank you. I'd love to. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you again so much for, for taking the time to talk to us tonight and everything. And I know the fans are just going to love it. And and we really appreciate it. And best of luck to everything you're trying to do in the future. And, hey, if, you, if you're ever over here in America, let us know. Yep. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, hopefully soon. Hopefully by next year. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, <laughs> that right, sounds then. great. Well, listen, have a great rest of the night and a great weekend. And, and we'll be thank in touch you. soon, all right? And you. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh man! But what a great interview. She oh, was yeah. like just on top of it, and yeah. even in other countries, she knows what's going on over here. Over here, right? Yeah. And well, I mean, and so many times I feel like when we've talked to some guests from uh, from abroad, yeah, they're they're tentative to say, "Well, America," the, the, you know. Yeah. She was like, "No, you guys are and, huge." Yeah, on social media, yeah, kind of a thing. So just yeah, very. I loved her story about Sly too. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like he's like that though because I mean I think a lot of people forget he's a writer. Exactly. Yeah. You know he wrote Rocky exactly. so I feel like of course he'd a lot be of his franchises actor. come from him yeah, yeah. So, I mean but that yeah I can't wait I, and she makes a good point too about I mean we don't always think about that because there's such or I guess more of a presence of Native American and Hispanic and mm-hmm. Latin American community here of course so I hadn't even thought about the fact that she might have a much more marginalized community yeah, that she's involved with in yeah. England but it's, I love the fact that she she has that in her mind when she thinks about how she puts herself out there in social media um, that she's very careful to remember that that she didn't have those role models, and mm-hmm. so people are going to look to her to see, you know, how should I act, how should yeah. I behave, and and what can I do on t- what's available for me as an option. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really cool. Agreed. Yeah, and it, with that quote was perfect. Do Honestly. it in a way in which makes you happy. Exactly. So, I mean, that's that's. I think everything in life should be yeah. that, right? Do it yeah. the way it makes you happy. Yeah. Social media can definitely become a chore and a source of negative. Facts. Uh, yeah, just <laughs> negativity in general. <laughs> yeah. As, as be, we've talked about on our industry it news, should be like you sparingly not. All day, every day, on Facebook, yeah. on Twitter, yeah. using sparingly. And, well, and, and it, not just that, but just the way that people are can be so toxic and vicious on yeah. there. That if you don't like, if you let yourself get too wrapped up in it, it can just. That's what I'm saying. Use yeah. it sparingly can keep that toxic to yeah. a certain level. I mean, yeah. it's still going to be there. We've been victims of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, yeah. But man, what a great guest! Thank yeah, you so seriously. much for joining us, Deanna. Just a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, now it is time for our top five segment. This week it is top five documentaries which was tavia's idea and she's not even here where'd she go <laughs> uh, she's busy hey, hey, man hold on somebody uh, just threw her under the bus uh, right right <laughs> she's gonna i'm gonna punch you in the face <laughs> especially uh, after last week we said like oh and Salman's here she's know, not right? here like, and, and i'm not here she's here now so y'all are avoiding of, each other Gosh. yeah we're doing it again but we do have her top five we do yes we do so right. uh let's i mean let's start off with little cam and then you can read uh tavia's if you want little All cam right. only has four Damn it, little Cam. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah, it's okay. It's Let me okay read my four. four. It's okay to have four. 
And one is from when I was really little, but it's okay. That's okay. fine. All right. Adorbs. March of the Penguins. Nice. So I was oh. like six. And yeah. yeah. It was good. It was. Uh, the Fire Festival documentary. Uh, the Netflix <laughs> one. Yeah, the, the Netflix the one. Netflix not one. the Hulu one. Yeah. Uh, the Keepers, because that was Ooh. some trippy shit. Yeah, you know? about yeah. the yeah. nun that died. And then Soaked in Bleach Ooh. about Kurt Cobain. That's yeah. a good one. The private investigator. Yeah, that's a good one. See, I have the other one, the other side of that same one. Oh, shit. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. Tavia's are also March of the Penguins. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Grizzly Man. Mm. Super Size Me. Yeah. True Life MTV series. And Planet Earth. Planet Earth. Oh, yeah. Earth. I forgot about that. It's a documentary. And that was beautiful. That, that was really pretty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you want to do yours? Sure, I got mine. All right, I went with OJ Made in America. It's a good nice. one. Oh my god! Like for somebody that's old enough to have lived through that trial, I was obsessed. Yeah. I was at watching my TV, yeah. court TV, every single Who day. Who was it? Was that Nardelli that was on that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nardelli um, was on that one. So I was just like pumped. I yeah. mean, it was like you know, it was so riveting because really, that was like the first time on a broad scale that you saw shit a like that inside the courtroom. A lot of stuff happened that day. Yeah, I mean, it was it was insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it was a great documentary. If and this one though touches on that at the end of the documentary, mm-hmm. but it's basically the made in America. It's his rise and fall. Yeah. Like we basically. built this guy up and then took him down yeah. and like it, yeah. it's a great documentary the though. Juice. Another one that I highly recommend. Uh, and this is not to be confused with um. The series that's getting ready to come out from Ava DuVay, I, I never get her name yeah. right. She's got a little series coming out based on this, but the Central Park Five. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It's fantastic. If you, are, if you guys aren't familiar with it, check it out. About five wrongfully yeah, I gotta uh, look accused it up. people um, for rape and murder. So, um, yeah. Robin Williams, Come Inside My Mind. Yes, very like, nice. Yeah, I watched that after he died and just... Mm. Mm, yeah. uh, Minimalism, a documentary. That's a good uh, one. That's a great one. I mean, I, oh, amazing. Mm. And yeah, boy, it, I, it teaches you like what really uh, matters in life. It does. Honestly. You, it just, after you watch that, you realize... You're like, well, wow, shit. Wow, I really just don't need all this shit. Yeah. Like, I just yeah. don't need it. And, I, I mean, that one thing that they, they really highlight in there is like, if you have stuff hanging in your closet that you haven't worn for like five years, yeah. you don't need it yeah throw like, it away. get rid of it yeah oh so have yeah. you tried that yet i know you said you were gonna try i like, did the hooks turn thing them. yeah yeah hooks i'm thing. Uh, waiting six months we're on month three see there yeah. you go anybody doesn't know what we're talking about it's like you turn it, closets every time you wear something turn the hanger around the opposite way when you hang it and then at the end of the six months you'll realize which ones you never yeah. turned get rid of those clothes yeah exactly you don't wear and then louis b mayer king of hollywood mm, oh very nice. yeah. yeah that's yeah. a good one it's an epic one uh, you definitely gotta watch it Hell if you're yeah. a film person you gotta watch it yes definitely all right jayla what'd you got all right well on mine i did a little 30 for 30 because i'm a huge sports guy huge mm. sports buff uh winning time reggie miller against the new york knicks mm. you know why because i'm an indiana boy and i love me my pacers indiana race <laughs> um yep 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 and those indiana nights no yeah, on the in uh, Indiana night. Grew up in an uh, Indiana town. That's right. Uh, and then I have more than a game. This is the LeBron James documentary about when he was in high school. He's basically been a prodigy ever since he was younger. Um, then I also had Super Size Me. I mm. watched that one in health class, and then after health class, I kept watching it like every year. It was crazy. But I still love McDonald's. I'm not even going to lie. Like every morning. And then um, the next two are Cocaine Cowboys and Cocaine Cowboys 2. The first one deals mainly with Rosetta Blanca, who was a huge 
Kingpin in Miami during the 70s. And then the second one deals with, the, I forget his name, this other guy out in California who started getting coke from Rosita Blanco while she was in jail. So it's mm. kind of like a continuation. It, it's really crazy. Don't they have a series kind of based on her right now? I, I don't I know. I say that they have a series based on her. Like, yeah. Uh, I, She's crazy, though. Yeah. Like, she was seriously crazy. Like, the FBI, I think, killed her. So. <laughs> <laughs> sound man? <laughs> sound man? What you got? Wow, I, I don't know if I could top the FBI wanting to kill her. <laughs> um, I got Kurt and Courtney, the uh, Nick mm. Broomfield yeah. documentary. Mm. Yeah. Where he was trying to go the fairest way of taking both sides mm. of what happened. I love Soaked in Bleached. It is still a little bit more one-sided. Yeah. But if you put them together, you get a, a little cooler story along yeah. with it. Um, I love Making a Murderer on mm. Netflix. Yeah. Season two really answered a lot of questions, uh, even like a lot of doubts yeah, out there. It's a good one. Um, Scroll to Screen is a small history of anime. It came on, I think, the Animatrix disc. Yeah. It was really cool. It even had one of the uh, guys from Mistbusters going through there and yeah. interviewing, talking that about it. That makes me think of another one that I watched that was hosted by Keanu Reeves uh, called Film vs. Digital. When it was still, the whole transition was starting to take yeah. place. Oh. It was a brilliant documentary yeah. about old school people that was like, I'm never fucking going digital. Yeah. And then, like, all the, and the differences, a brilliant documentary. I want to check that, that one out. Especially yeah, with it's Keanu really Reeves. good. That you think awesome. Keanu Reeves, and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he's actually a really great host yeah. in it. It's a really, if you're a filmmaker, it's a brilliant documentary. Yeah. Um, West of Memphis, talking about mm. the um, Arkansas kids who yep. were uh, convicted of murder, murder and on very circumstantial and yep. huge lies in their case these mm. huge big old lies and how they got out and they were two of them were on death row and one was in life Damn. in prison yep. because of the same thing that happened to making a murderer it was um a um confession that was led yeah um and then the last one sound city sound this city. one was dave by uh, dave Grohl, and it yeah. freaking awesome about one of the last great live recording studios mm. that produce some of the best albums out there That's because it has that live sound, that great everything, a fully analog studio with no digital effects and no going in there with uh, a program to, as a sound guy. I mean, I love working with the digital equipment. Of course, of course. But I love the rawness of live on stage yeah. and having not a live studio out there like that. It's kind of a loss, and it's a sad thing. But yeah. at least think of Crosby on Parenthood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, freaking what a great uh, fucking show that it was. really was. It really was. Oh man, what's next? This day in history. Yeah, this day in history. Take it back the, the gaffer, gaffer segment. segment. <laughs> That's right. We're going way back. Yeah, way in this back. One. Remember, but, but, remember. I was not around. Remember, I was not remember. around. Yeah, why? Um, but on this day in nineteen, th- Nana, my mama wasn't even around yet. Man. On this day in nineteen thirty-six, Daytona Car Racing debuted. Really? Yes. For the first time ever, car racing was done in Daytona. The mm. first race was organized specifically for stock car racing participants and was considered an early start on what people now know as the Daytona 500. Yeah. That's honestly pretty cool for me because I'm from Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. So hearing like racing history, I, I dig it. I dig it. He digs right? some racing right. history. <laughs> I'm an old NASCAR fan. It's just everybody I used to know is all retiring and gone away now. And oh. another one, just a side note, if you wanted to just throw another one since we talked about it earlier, it was also the introduction of the CD to the public. Mm, oh, damn, man, that was some really? expensive yeah, equipment. Pardon me, that was in the 70s. 70s. Yeah, but on this day. You were around you can, for then, right? I was around yeah, for okay, the introduction yeah. of the CD, yeah. yes. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yep. Well, sound man, what you got for the word of the day? I got petite fog. Petite fog. Oh. To bicker a quabble. Quabble. 
quabble. Uh, to bicker or quabble over uh, unimportant matters. Mm. Mm. I feel like uh, me and Little Cam do that a lot. Yeah. You Just, guys petty fog a lot. Whatever. Y'all do that a lot, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we do. Oh, yeah, we it's, do. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Petty fog. It's okay to petty fog. Always it's ends a- happily. It does. No, it does. That's what petty fogging is all about, to end happy. Exactly. <laughs> petty fog. There's always a happy ending. Oh, um, my. What? <laughs> I don't even know where that uh, went. Okay. I don't even know. So, Let's anyway. So, anyway. Uh, box office. Uh, oh, so where's Tommy? Where's Tommy? Where's Tommy told me to go here. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, let's do a little recap real quick. I did pretty good last week. I'm you did lie. do pretty good last week. Number one, How to Train a Dragon. I predicted that. I predicted around thirty to thirty-five million. It got thirty million. Number two was uh, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. I predicted twenty to twenty-five million. It got twenty-seven point one. Still pretty close. Still yeah, pretty that's close. really close. Um, number three, I predicted Alita Battle Angel. I predicted around five to ten million. I got. It got seven point two million. Hmm. So right there, boom, boom. Number four was Lego Movie the sequel, which I predicted it to be number five, but I got the numbers right. I predicted around five to seven million. It was six point six. Look at that! Wow. Yeah, I know. that's impressive. I like, what can I say? I'm fantastic. It's in the name. At <laughs> um, number five, I didn't even uh, think this was going to be on the board. To be honest with you, uh, fighting with my family, that rock one. And it got four point seven million. So people like the rock. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I was pretty happy with how it turned out. Yeah, yeah, it was. Re- I mean, really good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> new movie. The only new one that's coming out. The only thing that matters. Captain Marvel. Finally. Oh my gosh, guys! <sighs> so excited. I'm Didn't so y'all excited. say y'all bought tickets? You bastards? already yes. bought tickets. Yeah, we are, we are set ready to, to go. go. Man, cannot wait. Cannot wait to see the six. I count them six full Friends episodes in that. Yeah. Right. And right. Emily and I, Lil Cam and I, are going to be super excited because it's all based in the 90s. It is. And we're 90s babies. It is. I, I enjoyed the 90s also. Yeah. I mean, I'm a bigger 80s fan, but I enjoyed the 90s. Yeah. I, wh- I just, I'm Never telling you, I've film. heard nothing but great things about this film. And I can't wait. Uh, I'm just so freaking pumped for it. And I, I'm just going to go on a record and say, I think it will be Marvel's 25th. First consecutive number one opening at the box yeah. office. I know that's a hard uh, bet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stretch. Uh, yeah. But I'm I'm betting it's a safe bet Agreed. that it will be number one. Agreed. And I mean, movies that are already out that you can still go see at your local theater. Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral. Greta, the Lego Movie 2, the sequel. What Men Want, Alita Battle Angel with our friend Sam Medina. Who am I? Who am I? I'm Stinger. <laughs> I die. That's right. But, Epically, uh, of course. <laughs> to my contract. Happy Death Day 2, <laughs> Isn't It Romantic, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and Fighting with Your Family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, number one, Captain Marvel. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing between... Uh, this is her first, first standout film for this character. So, uh, I'm... I'm, I have high hopes. And there's also those, those bad reviewers who are reviewing the movie way ahead of time, yeah, giving it bad scores. Bitches, that could tomatoes. actually still mm. make an effect. Yeah, we we talked about that last week. That, that darn fake news. Mm, that fake news, that fake news. But I'm still giving it around 150 to around 160 million. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think 154 
Like, I'm just gonna oh, really? 154. Okay. It's like market. <laughs> I think you're Wait, right. Between are we? I remember and 160. That. But mark uh, 154. 154. Are we on the prices right? And you're just like bidding know, one right? over like, just to screw them. I know the price of that damn macaroni and cheese, and okay. you're wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, number two, I think, well, how to be art? How to be? How to train your dragon in the hidden world with around 10 to 15 million? Number three, I think, will be a Medea's family funeral with around 10 to 15 million. Number four will be the Lego Movie 2 with around 10 to 15 million. Number five will be Alita Battle Angel with around 5 to 10 million. Now, I dropped all of those numbers way lower than predicted, like how other people were predicting, because I think Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel is just going to outshine yeah, the rest and of And I think 10 to 15 is being generous. A, yeah. Side note, when you, when you yeah. were saying the numbers, I was thinking how Stella got her dragon back, and <laughs> how it sounded you are about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think you're right. I think Captain Marvel is just going to be a vacuum. Yeah. If, they, if any of those other movies make more than 10 million, I'd be shocked. Yeah, well, I even, because the reason I went like around that area is because um, Lego Movie and How to Train Your Dragon both, I believe, got about 30 million last week but like i said with the overshadow i think it's going to be well just think worse. there's still there's going to be people that are going to show up to go to captain marvel and those shows are going to be sold out with those special luxury seats right, right. So they're going to go well what else is on there but oh, I, I haven't seen the new point. lego movie on the flip side of that though i feel like you're you're right with your estimates only because i feel like a lot of the same audience that would go see how to train your dragon or lego well, going are to going to marvel. see captain marvel Agreed. so i mean man cannot wait cannot yeah wait. Um, and you can get Guarantee we will be talking about it yeah, next week. Next week. Oh well, my gosh. Yes, definitely. I'll be talking about that on Fantastic Reviews. And hands down, I'm going to be talking about the whole Brie Larson and situation the situation. and the <sighs> ridiculous trying to bring it down against Shazam. Yeah. 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 We're going to be, yeah. we're going to let you know everything uh, about Captain Marvel next Though, week. I'm pretty sure both of those episodes will either come out on Sunday or Monday. That's so right. That's check right. those out. Hands down and Fantastic Reviews. Cannot wait. Uh, now to our top trending segment, we got Ooh. some different ones this week, guys. Uh, the movie section went to Green Book. I mean, obviously with the winner. Yeah, I mean the Oscar winner. So yeah, that's going to happen. Saw a nice jump at the box office too. It so. did. It did. All of the movies that were Oscar contenders and Oscar winners uh, re-entered the theaters. Yeah. So they have all seen uh, more of a bump. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, now I think we're going to get the Star is Born. We, we touched this last week. They're going to get an additional 15 minutes, and that's going to have another yeah. week run here coming up. Yeah, and which uh, we learned what that footage is going to be. It's going to be like the whole performances when oh. they were singing and doing like concerts and shit. Oh, so it's just instead of like they probably did edits cut down of those, right. you're going to get the full concert. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And, and, yeah, like and you're, wanna, you're gonna want to go see this because one of the performances is actually a song that was never released, never released. in the yes. movie yeah, or on the that. soundtrack. Mm. So that's going to be interesting. Cannot wait, cannot wait. Uh, the TV section, Umbrella Academy. I, I'm still I'm still hearing really good things about this one. I still Have you gotten, gotten any further on it? No, or? I'm still like on uh, episode two but I really need to get back into it. I'm trying to finish Gilmore Girls. Guys. So is it about Resident right. Evil or the town of uh, Raccoon City? I mean, they all <laughs> give birth at the same time to superheroes. So, I mean, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you can't blame me for, you know, wanting to finish Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I yeah. mean, exactly. Yeah. And we got Jackson Douglas coming exactly, up. Exactly, yep. Jackson up. Douglas coming up. The Veggie Man. He's That's coming right, Veggie Man. It's so epic. That was uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband on Gilmore Girls. That's always getting the best guest. Seriously. We're always getting the best yeah, guest. Yeah, he's in Spain right now. So that's, right. that's going to be fun to talk to him. 
Uh, the top star this week, which is honestly a little bit surprising to me because her film was nominated at the Oscars, but she wasn't, her boyfriend was, and I, I don't know, I'm very confused, Lucy Boynton, mm. who is Rami Malek's girlfriend. So I'm like, Bohemian, she, Bohemian wasn't Rhapsody. was she the uh, girl in Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody? She played the, yeah. The wife of Freddie, yeah. Or, well, not wife, it was fiance for a while and then good friend okay yeah i mean yeah that still was like the love of his life i feel like so i'm yeah i'm kind of confused on why she's number one maybe she has a new project about to come out or maybe she's working on something because i mean you know it could be just anybody i felt like it should have been who's with who was the second on that robbie malik uh bohemian rhapsody movie Mm, that's a good point that's a good point but yeah those are our top trending people and movies and tv series right mm-hmm. now so yeah. all good content make sure to go listen and you're about to hear some more star is born stuff because they are taking over the music charts too guys like for real hot 100 this week is shallow a star is born yeah it's been on the chart for like 22 weeks 22 weeks yeah that's an impressive run alone i mean seriously and the top 200 album is star is born soundtrack it, that's crazy because that's also been on there 22 weeks now the artist we were gonna say yeah no this is impressive though because i read this too this, this gives bradley cooper a number one song yeah okay so now guys people like bruce springsteen mm-hmm. james brown cheryl crow credence clearwater revival <laughs> new edition like never got a number one song and bradley cooper has bradley one. cooper has wow. a number one song james brown that's crazy that's right also in the best duo or pop performance yeah he now has with his one win more grammys than fleetwood mac or bob marley really <laughs> so, fleetwood mac congratulations wow. bradley cooper i wow. mean right like you list some of those that's names insane. and you're like they never had a number one bradley cooper does wow bradley cooper does that's super crazy right i, I mean i'm super surprised by that but uh, we love it though. Yeah, we, I mean, we Seriously. can't praise enough the soundtrack. So. Exactly, we love it. We'll yeah. play it. I mean, anytime, honestly. It's um, true. Artist of the week. It is still Ariana Grande. She's been there for about ten weeks now. So mm. man, she's rocking and rolling. You know what I got to say about that? Yeah, she's not a beetle. Not a beetle. Not a beetle. <laughs> um, and then for the top radio song, we finally got a change as well. It was High Hopes by Panic of the Disco. Now it's Halsey. Without me, I mm. haven't heard this song, so me maybe either. maybe I'll have to check it out. I don't know. Um, top digital song sales is "Shallow" from A Star Is Born. <laughs> Shocker! No, <laughs> yeah. Um, top streaming song is Seven Rings" Ariana Grande. Top album sales is A Star Is Born, and top digital album sales is A Star Is Born. So, it's, do you think their Oscar performance had any yeah, bump right. in the music at all? Exactly. I think exactly. No. Like it's. Mm, mm. Mm. And you saw that she went on Jimmy Kimmel and was like, "No, we're not a thing. Yeah. We're not. Yeah, call bullshit. Yeah, I, <laughs> call bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, they had what freaking people diagnose their uh, their body movement, language. body yeah. language. Yeah. yeah, and was like, eh, there might be more than friends. I mean, in her excuses, like, oh, I hold hands with Tony Bennett all the time on stage. I hug him and everything, but you don't do it off stage. Yeah. You didn't let go of Bradley off stage. There's, there's <laughs> not memes of Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga being like, oh, I wish somebody would look at me the way Tony B- Bennett looks at Lady Gaga. Right? There is with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know why she went with that, because like, oh, let me go with this much older guy. Exactly. It's oh, super man. crazy, man. Super freaking crazy. But, but it, and, and okay. Yeah. It's yeah, look, exactly. I mean, he's not married to baby mama. No, really. I mean, I didn't know that. No, just 
I mean, yeah. if it happens, it happens. Exactly. And I mean, just get what you want, but be honest with be everyone. Be honest about it. That's yes. the thing. We talk about that all the yeah. Look. You have to be happy, but be honest. That was an intense love story. It was. And he directed it, exactly. and there was a lot of time together over all those months. Exactly. It, it could happen, but you called it. Be honest. Mm-hmm. If that went down, tell baby mama that it went down exactly. and just be honest. Like it's fine. It's okay. Exactly. It's all right. It's Things okay happen. to be with Gaga. It's just okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad romance. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, guys, make sure to tune into this podcast. You can listen to it anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, Anchor. Like and subscribe. Follow us. Give us some stars. Give us some feedback because we love to know what you like, what you dislike. I mean, we it's for the audience. We do this for the audience and for the upcoming people trying to break into the entertainment industry absolutely this is all for you guys and we should say huge thank you for the uh oscars broadcast mm-hmm. because i was looking at the numbers a 97 percent increase with interaction and comments and yeah. everything the week we did so the live awesome. show yeah. so yeah awesome job guys yeah seriously keep that going hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> i mean you can do that by following us at social on social media at crazy ant media everywhere we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram we're on reddit we're on youtube we post everywhere all the time. Most active on Twitter. So if you want to see all of our stuff that we're always giving our opinions on, look on Twitter. And, of course, you can... Do I have to say anything else? On our website, crazyantmedia.com. You can go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter where you can keep up to all, with all the latest stuff going on in the entertainment industry and in our company itself. Like, you get an inside scoop of what we do every week. We don't normally talk about what we do inside the company but with this newsletter you can know a little bit more about what's going on yeah it's always a lot of fun we have projects in various stages of development guys it's crazy it's, it's crazy i mean we're always working you exactly. saw that last it was sunday a great post from sunday mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what day of the week it is no nope. we're working on something exactly and we gotta we gotta tease again L.A. Uh-huh. Ants are LA. coming. Ants We're taking coming. a trip out in April. Yep. That's some, that's some stuff. we got to do some work stuff out in April, but then the permanent move yes. in May. Yes. We're coming. Oh, man. Oh. I can't wait. I can't wait. So exciting. Yeah. You know who probably has a big house in L.A.? I No doubt. Oprah! Oprah!